0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Welcome. Food Alchemy at its Greatest Show with Chef Sessy, the Food Alchemist. We've taken a journey during this show to help you repair your DNA coding, help you renew to a new you. We will educate you and help you discover crystals, herbs, minerals, and many energies sacred sex, food with high frequencies and alkaline and we will get to know your body we want to help you on the inside and outside we will have many guests we want you to sit back, relax and open your mind and your heart and to receive this information into the new you that is rejuvenated with food alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sessy Food Alchemist Sit back, beloveds. It's a ride.
0: Sacred women, it's time to ride.
1: You're listening to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sessie, the Food Alchemist. Welcome to Sacred Sexual Wednesday. Get over that hump day with us. Let's take a ride. Learn Tantra. Learn Kodosha. Let's discuss our relationship with self and partners and all the benefits that we can benefit from
2: loving each
0: other.
1: are sacred sacred union each and every one of us are sacred sacred woman sacred man and relationship we are sacred union welcome to sacred wednesday let it not just be another hump day but a sacred sexual wednesday enjoy the ride with chef Sussy the food I'll come on. Welcome to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sessy, the Food Alchemist. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we welcome our guest, Helena, to the show. You want to not risk this ride of the sex therapist and her sex expertise and all the information that she can provide. She's a Tantra expert. She's a therapist expert on relations. Let's sit back. Beloveds, enjoy the ride that she is willing to provide us with. We're taking lift off. Are you ready? That we have landed on the planet Of sacred Wednesday we have Elena on this planet Of Venus with us that wants to share The information that we So love want to bring to you Of food of chakras And understanding I have so many great questions And thank you callers for holding on And for people in the chat room Thank you so much We will be posting in and out And just giving you all information So we would love to hear from you Any comments any questions that you might have. So without further ado, we would like to welcome Helena, welcome.
3: Well thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be with you. Thank
1: so you. enjoyed
3: our little visit before we started on the show and we're just so on the same page. It's such a turn on and exciting opportunity to connect with you and your listeners.
1: Thank you. So I have another intro um, that I I have for you that explains it gets really deep and down into it about all the stuff that you do about, you know, love, life, and relationship coach that you are, especially about sex and uh, Tantra. You do healings and you do also retreats. You have your own radio show. You've been on television. I mean, your author I get around <laughs> I mean you just got You keep going on And on and on and on It's like <laughs> There's no er, Never ending So I said I'll think I said I'll take you As my hero
3: <laughs> Oh Well you're mine I'll tell you What you're doing Is so exciting to me I just can't wait till you move out here And we can play
1: Right I'm just so awesome So I just um, I like to say It's just an honor To have you That That's number one For being on my show So I was like I wanted to, you know, give up give them a little background of your experience as a therapist and a expert. Um, how did that term come about?
3: Well, I like to call myself a sex because it's cute and it's fun.
2: <laughs> but
3: how I got into this biz was basically I was in a sexless marriage for twelve years. And when I came out of that, I said, I will never starve again. Because, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, the person with the least sexual interest seems to be the one that sets the tone for the level of activity that actually gets to happen. So I promised myself that wouldn't happen again. And I ran into a woman nearly by chance, maybe a year later, who was a tantric professional. In fact, she's the woman that actually brought tant- tantra to Los Angeles and we became friends and acquaintances and we started to work together and she taught me everything she knew and to this day we're best of friends and just loving the path
1: that is awesome for our lovely audience i want you to know she is from she's in Los Angeles and we were laughing about that i am um i'm pretty much a a snob, I guess. <laughs> I'm a little girl. I don't like a city I like to go into and visit, but I'm not a really city person. But if I have to, I will. And she actually is in Los Angeles for those lovely folks out there. I mean, she, I was looking at her website, it's just so filled with so much information love, life, and tools.com. Uh, that is just awesome. I'm astonished at all the accomplishments that you've made. And I would, like, I would like to know, how did um, how did you, like, how did Life Love Coach come? How did you put those together? Because that basically is your brand. Um, I'm assuming it's your brand because I don't see it as somebody else's. Like, they have Healing Touch. They have um, Reiki. I'm calling this is your brand. Am, am I right?
3: Yeah, well, Love and Life Tools is the genesis of a grander vision that I have for More education online for people learning life skills and love skills as opposed Mm -hmm. to what you learn in college. So, I'm in the process of creating an online university, and everything that I do is going to go toward that. And Love and Life Tools is just the beginning. And that came about when I realized I'd been doing a lot of one on one counseling, and I felt that I was ready to step up to the next level. And so, what I did was, I did a lot of praying and I did a lot of meditating. And I made a list of everything that I loved to do, that I was good at, that I wanted to do, and I just put it in a drawer. And then I would take it out every week and kind of look at it and say, what is our pattern here? And finally, one day, literally driving in the car, I got this inspirational download that said, you should be a media hostess. You are so good at that. So that's how 11 Life Tools was born. It's a web magazine, and it's really all about how to create your best life now. I got so tired of listening to the news, and all. I couldn't even listen to the news. It got me so upset and freaked out. And I said, there's got to be people out there doing stuff that addresses the challenges we have today. They're already doing it. Those are the people that I'm interested in talking to. So that's how Love and Life Tools was born. And I love meeting these wonderful, exciting people that are on the leading edge of growing the world into more, you know, compassionate, balanced,
1: you know, a better place. So that's what that's all about. I'm impressed. So um, I would like to know how would, uh, like, um, your group therapy work or your sessions work? Like, I know in a group setting, you know, um, how would they work or how would someone come to know about you besides listening to the radio or referral? Where, like, are you listed and it tells, like, your life.
3: Well, I'm all over the Internet, but if you go on to Love and Life Tools, if you go to my Tantra site, which is thepleasureparadigm.com, if you go to my media site, which is HelenaOnLove.com, I kind of have two names. I've kind of got the Tantra woo woo personality, which is Shama, and the Helena, which is more the media personality, and they're kind of organically coming together somewhere in the middle, I'm finding as I Take this journey. A while back, a friend said to me, you do so much other than Tantra. Stop hiding behind Tantra and get out <laughs> there and sell yourself. So this is a kind of a new exploration for me, trying to discover what that wants to be. So that's a whole different way to approach. So I'm playing with all that kind of stuff. But what I do in my workshops, I also have meet-up groups in L.A. that I do, te- you know, showing Tantric skills, communication skills. I have a polyamory Site and a polyamory meetup group. So there's different, you know, people exploring different kinds of love styles if monogamy isn't working for them. Tantra for people that want to expand themselves and their relationships and their sexuality. Communication skills, all that kind of stuff. So you can find me at meetup.com at the San Fernando Valley Tantra Group or Compassionate Communication Group. And you can find me at the Pleasure Paradigm at Elena on Love and at Love and Life Tools, and that's L-O-V-E letter N Life Tools
1: dot com. Okay, like I said, oh well, see that's so. They come and they find you, and yeah. they see your love, lovely space, and yeah. they've never, never been. They're very shy. Um, Always. <laughs> you know, they're very shy.
3: Yeah, so I do a 90-minute introductory where we sit down and I kind of get to know them, some of the dynamics in their life and in their relationships. I take a life history review that kind of has a sexual focus to get an idea of how they got where they are. Then I'll tell them about my work, my attitude and approach to it, how I think I can help them meet their goals and desires. And then we do a check-in and see if we feel resonant. And if we do, then we create a plan of action together setting very clear boundaries that everybody feels comfortable with the most important thing to me is that everybody feels good and comfortable about everything that we do together and then if they decide to go and do a session then we can do a session immediately after that 90-minute intro or we can do it at another time and most of my sessions are two hours
1: wow that's amazing so that means see i know that takes it in depth a lot of people think oh well you come in and you're just going to uh it's just go right at it. They didn't really think, like, there is forms that you fill out. It's getting to know and being comfortable with all the stuff that you do and all the tools because you also give them homework, so it's not just a one-stop class. Oh, you get it in one session and then you're going, correct? Well, there are
3: some people that get what they need in one session. There are others okay. that come back for repeat sessions. The thing that I love about what I do, I was, uh, you know, I did the psychologist thing myself. I had to <laughs> alcoholic parents, so I did the ACA thing, and I went into sessions, and I ended up walking out a lot of times like an open wound, and then I had to live with that until the next week, and that was, I mean, I almost drove off a cliff a couple of times. I was, you know, in that state, and uh, so when I discovered hypnotherapy, I learned that you could actually complete a session and tie a nice little bow around everything, and the person could leave feeling really complete about the work that was done that day. So I started studying it because I found it to be something that really excited me. And things evolved from there. I became a chemical dependency counselor. And then from there, I started studying tantra and relationships and communication. And it just kind of dovetailed from there. So I'm very cognizant of what it's like to come in for a session. And I like people to leave. You know, the reason my sessions are two hours instead of 50 minutes, oh, we're out of time, and I'll, oftentimes I'll create space around sessions so if they feel they need to work a little longer, we have the time and space to do that because I don't want anybody leaving here unless they feel really complete and centered and calm and ready to interact with their world again.
1: Okay, that that's what I like. See, you know, that's, you know how you go into a doctor's office and they just only see you for 50, 45 minutes?
0: So they, yeah. you fill
1: out this paper, you're sitting, and you're open. You're like an open wound. And it's exactly. like you need help, and you're basically wanting them to help you, and they only can give you, like, just a little bit of information. And yeah, then well, saying, I mean, okay.
3: And was, fortunately, in a lot of those situations, and I haven't been to many, many psychologists, but the experience that I had with the few that I'd seen was that they did a lot of listening, but I didn't get a lot of tools. Okay. So my trip is tools. I want you to leave here with something you can do. To work on your own so that you can create your best life now. Mm -hmm. You're not dependent upon me. You know, what happens is there's very few um, programs that I offer. Most of what I offer is come as you're ready, come when you're able, because my sessions aren't inexpensive, and uh, you get a lot of information, a lot of tools, and it takes a little while to integrate some of that after you leave. So I see some people weekly, some people I see when they feel like it, and some people I see every month. It just depends on the time and availability and affordability.
1: I see, and that's a wonderful thing. That's a different aspect. That's, again, what I love about you because you have that uh, conventional background, but you also have the holistic and healing from the whole, and not a lot of people have that uh, background and information coming to them. Um, so I want to thank you. First, give you kudos for that, and just being uh, being basically you might be a pioneer in doing what you're actually doing. Um, for well, thank
3: that, you. is really about learning how to integrate and align your entire being to manifest your best self in every moment. You know, we can't bring that divine, that higher self, that best self into our lives unless we learn the skills to bring you know come from our center you know when you're not in your center you're more easily affected by what goes on around you when you're in your center and you're clear you're not as easily affected and so if you can learn how to organize yourself in such a way that you bring your best self your most centered self to most situations you're going to have more optimal kinds of responses
1: from the people around you and the universe around you okay see that's amazing right there that's just totally amazing so um i also know that you um you you also see couples so it's not just that you see um just males you can just see males you can just see females or you can see couples together is that yeah, well, true you no know, and i also
3: see um people that are in multiple relationships
0: po- you know, polyamorous, I, I was going to get to that and
3: all kinds of alternative love styles as well polyamorous People that inter- are into BDSM, people that are into all kinds of different kinds of sex explorations and lifestyle explorations.
1: Wow! So that that's itself is awesome. For people that don't know out there, could you explain to them about polyamorous? Uh, could you give them some more information about it? I I know. Well,
3: just, there's a couple of love styles that people have heard of out there, like swinging and swinging is really the way i look at it it's kind of that first effort to get out of the box of how we're trained to look at relationship in a traditional sense in a traditional sense monogamy is the only way to go and we try to all conform to that but there are some people that don't conform well that it doesn't work for them and in the past even psychology professionals have said this is an aberrant behavior this is a behavior that is um problematic and it's you're sick And the truth is that I believe we are all basically very big-hearted people, and we're capable of loving more than one person. If you look at your own life, you've got kids, you've got family, you're capable of loving more than one person. However, what happens oftentimes in relationships is that when you first get together with someone and you're building a relationship, there's a chemical that's released called oxytocin. And this oxytocin makes you want to cleave and bond with that one person. And that's a very natural chemical reaction. But that only lasts. For a certain period of time Now some people are natural monogamists It works really well for them It's uncomplicated It's great For other people it doesn't work so well And so for those people they explore swinging They get out of the box And swinging is really kind of like sport sex It's just kind of I think A reaction to saying I'm not monogamous I want to go out there and have more than one sexual experience More than one sexual partner And so they go out and they see How many people they can interact with and oftentimes it has nothing to do with caring for the other person. It's just a sports act, you know, where they're just kind of getting off. I went to this one <laughs> swinging party, and I watched this one woman spend an average of seven minutes with every person that was there. She never looked in their eyes. She never connected. She was just bouncing on their laps. And I'm going, that that doesn't work for me. But she was quite happy. Polyamory <laughs> is a love style where you are about relationship, and you're about experimenting and exploring in relationship so some of those relationships may be sexual, some may not, but there's different and varying levels of intimacy. Now, in the monogamous paradigm, there there are a lot of rules, and they change for every couple. It's like how long are you allowed to shake hands? How long are you allowed to exchange a little kiss? How long are you allowed to hug? All these things have kind of a little time frame that make it acceptable or unacceptable. Right. Polyamory is a state where you're allowed to explore or you give yourself permission to discover how you want to be in relationship with each person that you encounter and you allow it to authentically and organically unfold. So some relationships, as I said, may move into a sexual realm. Some are very intimate emotionally. Some are very intimate in other kinds of ways. Maybe we just do love opera and that's what we do, you know, but... It's about allowing those relationships to unfold and discover what they are rather than following the traditional rules. And I happen to be a polyamorous, but I don't encourage anybody to explore it unless they feel strongly moved to do so because it takes a certain kind of person and not, not everybody's cut out for it and you are going to be having to sift through a lifetime of programming on monogamy. You know, monogamy is just, Cleaving to one partner and loving and sharing your life with one partner. However, in our society, there's been a whole lot of stuff that's been kind of piled onto that. A lot of rules and ideas and thoughts and unspoken contracts that get piled onto that. And if you decide you want to explore this different love style, you will have the opportunity to sift through every single one of those and they are not easy to sift through, and it can be challenging, and you have to really want it. You have to really believe that this is what you want. I don't, it's not for the faint-hearted because more relationships mean more complexity. More complexity means you need to have some really good relationship skills in order to navigate it, which means excellent communication skills. It means a very powerful and strong sense of self-confidence and sense of self and being able to be in your authentic truth and speak your truth, you know, with firmness and clarity and honoring your truth rather than playing along with everybody else. So it requires a very certain
1: kind of person. I guess it takes a very strong person, and it takes a lot of them if they're in a lot of, like, a triad, um, which is basically can be three or a village or a community, And which is like a multiple of them living together, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, or whatever it is. It's just partners coming together, which I'm, you know, very familiar with of of learning um, from Quadosha. that um, it takes a lot and it takes more courage to actually be in that relationship. But it also lends you more support when you have children because you're getting different values and you're supporting them to basically be able to go forth, because it's like a village raising children. Well, I um, think it better take village to raise
3: children. I think that the the paradigm that we have of the nuclear family has proven that it doesn't work so well. We're too isolated, and the kids don't get enough different kinds of input from outside the family. And in the nuclear family, you've noticed that they kind of cleave unto themselves to the extent where it's almost like us against the world. And Kids don't have access to the kinds of support they need, especially when there's dysfunction. If you've got something a little more public going on and if you've got a village around of some sort, things are going to get cleaned out
1: a lot quicker. Right, right. So um, just saying, like, you know, just I just like people to keep an open mind. And the fact is you just don't see what we say um you just don't see heterosexuals. You do see homosexuals. You you see everybody. You don't. You're not under one umbrella, correct?
3: Correct. The way that I do my work is there's no judgment. It's just right. about what That's, works. You know, So if you come to me with a problem, I'm not going to say you're right or you're wrong. I'm going to say let's pick it apart. Let's see what is working for you because obviously you wouldn't continue the behavior if it wasn't. And let's see what is not working for you and set clearer intentions about what will work to do things differently. That's all.
1: See, and that's what I like. See, um, uh, you know what? I'm really disliking you even more and more because you think outside of the box. and (laughs) And I thought I've always went outside of the box or people think I'm, my family knows I'm not the norm. I'm the one that flew over the cuckoo nest, and I love that.
3: <laughs> well, I think I think the key is, you know, there's so many of us that, and myself included. I was a professional good girl. I was so frigging pure and good, all through junior high, high school. I was a professional, and people used to know that about me. I never stepped across the line. And uh, when I got into college, I realized that wasn't working for me. I felt like I was hogtied. I was so busy being good, I wasn't living my life. Wow. And I didn't have my own opinions, and I didn't have a sense of who I was. So as I started stepping out of the box and exploring more, I discovered that being nice and being a good girl is not all it's cracked up to be. And I decided that I would discover who I was and what I, how I wanted to create myself. Because, you know, in your life, you're looking around at people all the time going, I like that, I like that quality, I like that quality. And we start to emulate it, and then we start to make it our own. Right. Instead of, But instead of doing it in such a way that we're following someone else's ideas and someone else's rules, you get to discover what's true for you. And there's so much power and beauty and freedom in that. And even though it's a little uncomfortable with the familial members, you know, I grew up in a Catholic family. My brother's a priest. They certainly don't get me at all. And they keep seeing me as this prodigal daughter they want to bring back into the fold. But, you know, (laughs) I see that they're kind of of a paradigm that really bows to authority. And I don't think there's anything wrong with authority. But I kind of come from this, I'm a child of the 60s, so I question everything. And I make my decisions based on what feels true for me inside. I think we all have this inner guidance system. And this inner guidance system, either something feels good or it doesn't feel good. And we are the only animals that follow through on things that don't feel good. Wow. And, gee, that's how we get into trouble. How many times have you said to yourself, gosh, I wish I'd listened to myself? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's what I do is I try to listen to myself, and I try to listen to that inner guidance because as far as I'm concerned, that's the voice of God. That's the part of me that's connected with everything, that really is in tune with everything and can help me to take better care of myself. And the key to the whole thing, of course, is really loving yourself enough to do that.
1: Right. So really I'm-
3: being a parent to yourself, being a good friend to yourself, being a good lover to yourself.
1: And the better we are at that, the
3: better our life
1: goes. So then that means also you do you give them exercises like because I find that's like self esteem is because we're programmed this is my way of thinking because we're programmed to be a certain way for so long that we forget about uh you know who we are, what we are and where we and where we come from.
0: Well, you know we not even I mean? forget
1: to listen to our feelings. You know, it when
3: I was growing up in, a, in adult child of alcoholics home I didn't pay any attention to my feelings all I did was if there was you know violence or something going on I would hide or if there was a problem I would disappear and I was just the one that was the peacemaker and I was the one that was trying to keep everything smooth and all that sort of thing and I didn't and my mother was you know the martyr of the century so I didn't learn about honoring my feelings until I got much older and it it took me a long time to even learn to begin to listen. And, I'm, you know, I'm still working on it to this day to some extent because we all have those knee-jerk reactions that we just have when something happens. Right. And, we, you know, the whole point of all of it is just is it working for you or not? And getting, if it doesn't feel good, get conscious. What's going on? What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What, you know, what's happening now? And then making a choice that feels better. So what that means is kind of you have to learn before you make that quick reaction to stop and take a moment and say, what do I want? You know, even if somebody wants to ask you to do some little favor for them, stop and say, what do I want? Right. Because oftentimes I would just deny myself all the things I had planned that day because someone else had a need. And sometimes they do have a greater need than I do, but I want to make sure I know what my needs are and that they get met at some point, even if I choose to set mine aside for the time to go, to meet a greater need for someone else.
1: Okay, that is great. See, and um, I was like, I know that how would, because I have newlyweds different ways. I would think of newlyweds when they come into a relationship. Newlyweds are either because – let's see how I put it. Newlyweds are ones that's just like so in love with each other and saturated with each other. And then you have like just to be in a relationship. And then you have couples that are just trying to maintain a relationship. So I figured the newlyweds are just getting to know each other and really figure out, iron all the kinks and learning what this couple like and this person likes. And then you go to the couple that's been semi together like they're no longer newlyweds, say they've been together like 10 years. Then you have the couple and they're just trying to keep it going. So they kind of figure out some of the likes and worked out some of the kinks. And then you have these couples that's been again together 25 and 30 years and they basically don't want to be in a relationship anymore. Yeah. So, you know, how do you keep? all of that in perspective with them and I know that um, um, you do workshops with them because I've seen where you even work with them uh, with a man and woman sexually that they can actually still have sex because newlyweds you know the foundation is they're going at it going at it like rabbits and then about 25 they're like it slows down then at couples it can be non-existent the reason it's being non-existent is because Things change in a relationship uh, from women being um, going maybe going through menopause, or a man basically losing his testosterone and it's dropping because he's no longer that age, and he wants that boost. So then they sometimes want to trade it for bigger, bigger, and better things—a younger model, in other words, or just to add something to it. So, So,
0: what's your
1: question, honey? Oh, my question is basically how you see these couples, what would be the advice for the newlyweds um, for each different couples that I just gave?
3: Okay, well, for the newlyweds, they're in a discovery mode, and I recommend that there are certain time frames in relationship that are kind of hallmark moments that you can kind of gauge how it's going. For instance, the nine-month marker, I think you're pretty clear whether you want to continue with exploring this relationship or not. The two-year marker, I wouldn't even consider getting married before you've been with someone for two years. So you've had the chance and the time to kind of get past the honeymoon stage and into the real-life stage where you're starting to have fights and you're starting to experience where your relationship is buttoned up against each other. Because the truth about most relationships is that they are very often a hangover from a parental relationship, and you're having the opportunity to work out the kinks that you saw in your parental relationship with this new person. And so by that two-year mark, that stuff has started to happen. You're starting to see those reflections, and you're starting to rub up against each other and learn, you know, how you can support each other in transmuting those old programs that no longer serve that you learned from your parents. So you know, I recommend taking communication classes. I teach communication skills. I think it's a very important way to help to work through some of that stuff because a lot of the times we're into shame and blame. Right. And right. I know my partner into that, and I got into that big time. We got very polarized at one point in our relationship
0: and we right. started
3: taking communications classes and it's made a huge difference. Now, I'm not here to tell you that I'm perfect at it and that we do it every single time perfectly.
0: There are times <laughs> when
3: we're center more, and we're more susceptible to our old paradigms, our old programming, and there's other times where we're just awesome at it, you know, and we chalk that up on the board and go, oh, we did it right this time.
1: Right. So, and you know, you can never
3: expect, no matter how many tools you have, that you're going to be perfect every time. You know, there are so many variables, but you can aim for that. You can work toward that, and you can get a sense of creating uh what I call neural pathways toward creating new paradigms and new ways of doing things. So, you know, all these wonderful tools and skills that you learn from me, if you use them, they work. And you're going to know that sometimes you will and sometimes you won't and sometimes you will, sort of. And that's just part of of the dance. And then for couples that have been together a while, oftentimes the sex wanes because they have kids or because... What happens when you're first together is, oh my gosh, there's this whole new universe over there and this other person, and it's fascinating, and I'm enthralled, and it's wonderful. And then after a while, you start noticing the faults the other person has. Oh my goodness, they're leaving the cap off the toothpaste, and oh, they're not picking up their underwear, and oh, I hate <laughs> it when you look at me like that. All those kinds of little things. And we start to focus more on those irritations than we do on the appreciation. So one of the things I really work with couples a lot on is taking time to make sure you appreciate each other as much as possible. Anytime that person does something right, let them know. And if you didn't let them know that moment, let them know later in the day or when you get up or before you go to sleep, take that time to acknowledge each other and appreciate each other because that's the best aphrodisiac of all. Now, also, we kind of let... Our lives get more important than our relationship. You know, when you're first together, you couldn't wait to get together. You couldn't wait to have sex. You couldn't wait to do things and go out and have experiences together. And when life sets in and the humdrum routine sets in, we sometimes forget to keep that juice going. So I teach them skills and tools to keep the juice flowing. As I said, appreciation is one of them. But another one of them is, for instance, I recommend that couples have a date night every week. Now, I'm not talking about a date night where you go out to the movies and have dinner. I'm talking about a date night where you turn off the phone and you send the kids away and you just focus upon one another. Whether you're having sex or not, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're taking the time to hang out together, to be together, to talk together, to connect with one another, to be sexual if that's appropriate, or to give each other get some needs met. Maybe it's a massage tonight. Maybe it's, you know, processing an issue that's come up. Whatever it is, but you have that time every week that's your sacred time with your partner. And it's really good for the kids. Let's say you decide you can't let the kids out. If the kids are old enough to leave them alone watching TV, you know, maybe the parents say Wednesday night's our night. We're closing and locking the door. And you guys got to take care of yourselves and don't bother us unless there's an emergency. Turn up the stereo in the bedroom and have your time. It's really healthy for the kids to see their parents making each other a high priority and their relationship a high priority.
1: See, that is awesome. See, and that's like some very wonderful good advice. Just might not, people might not think it's much, but that's very important because we as even, okay, you say, Okay, we have the newlyweds in this. I think that's important for us that are single as well, without a partner at this present time. To well, I've got better advice for people that are single. Oh, wow. Uh, when you're single, good. a lot of times we don't get touch, right? right? Right. And
3: we also have a lot of religions out there that saying that says self-pleasuring is not okay. And I'm here to tell you that I think it's essential for your well-being, especially if you're single. But I'm not talking about, you know, most people, if they go to self-pleasure, it's kind of just to get off, to to release some tension. But I recommend, you know, and this is also really good for people that kind of find themselves having a masturbation compulsion. I recommend that they turn off all outside stimulation, okay. except for maybe some music. Okay. and that they make love to themselves. Now, I mean make love to yourself. Imagine that there's loving energy coming out your heart and out your hands, and as you touch yourself, don't just go for the gusto and try to get off. Take some time to touch yourself everywhere. Notice where you want attention. You know exactly how much to squeeze or tickle or press or whatever kind of touch you're craving, and give that to yourself with all the love that you would give to a lover. And really feel. Feed and nurture yourself with your touch, wherever you're touching. And that, I have found, really creates a sense of nurturance, personal support, love, and it's very fulfilling. And when you give that to yourself, you have a date with yourself, and you give that much to yourself you will find yourself not so needy when it comes to dealing with the opposite sex. We've kind of been trained to need that opposite sex to feel good about ourselves or to experience pleasure. And I'm telling you, you can give that to yourself. And you can also get that from your friends. Now, you may not want to be sexual with your friends, but you can get massages, You can get caresses and hugs, and you can get closeness with people that you feel close with. That can be very nurturing and very satisfying, and we're so afraid of each other. We need, you know, have you ever noticed you you hug your girlfriend and there's that A-frame hug? Uh
0: Get up
3: close. Get that chakra, all those chakras connected. You have no idea how powerful and beautiful that is. And it's right. it's just energy. It's just connection. It's just love, and we all need it. And if we allow ourselves to give that to each other, we won't be so starving and needy out there.
1: Oh, wow. See, I see. See, and that's what I love because that's what I tell a lot of my friends that, you know, that are by themselves. They need to date themselves and love themselves first just like you would want somebody to love you. And how do you exactly. expect And it from? makes you a
3: better lover too because yeah. because as you're actually taking the time to listen to what your needs are, you can be more sensitive and aware of somebody else. You can't give somebody else what you don't know and what you don't
1: have. Right. Right. See that that's what I'm like so stoked about just doing that and getting that to, you know, together uh with yourself but also couples because then you're trained to be a lot better um a lover a person yeah. cuz you really know exactly who you are and what you are and what you expect because then you're not putting that expectation because you're not so hungry you're waiting for that person and because you're treating yourself you draw that energy to you that's exactly what I do love so I tell people go on a date with yourself, you know. Um, my cousin told me that years ago. Do you know, go on a date with yourself, even if you have to lock yourself in the bathroom. Really? Well,
3: one
0: of the things I do
3: is I, I give people an exercise called the personal puja. And in the personal puja, I suggest that they take a delicious bath or shower in a very sensual way with all the right smells and candles, maybe a glass of wine, or something that they really enjoy drinking, and relax and breathe deeply and. Really, you know, let that hot water melt their muscles and then go into the bedroom and set it up. Start the stereo and dance around the room. Activate yourself. Get yourself really energized while you create this beautiful space, the setting candles, maybe some rose petals on the bed, whatever you would do for a lover, do for yourself. And then as you start... You know, and collect all your toys or whatever it is that you want nearby. Make sure you've got plenty of water, pillows, everything that you might need. And then allow yourself to go deep and breathe deeply and just really listen. Right. And really feel. Because most of us don't feel. We're, you know, if you're rubbing stuff fast, you're not feeling. You're just activating. If you The slower you go in your touch, the more that you feel. And so if you really slow down and breathe really slowly and deeply, you'll become much more aware of your inner universe, your inner experience, your thoughts, what you're feeling, what's going on in your body, and what's wanted and needed, and then you can give that to yourself.
1: Right. Which, uh, you know, slow I really down. love. I really love that. I mean, you're just giving us so many wonderful advices. We haven't even begun to touch on the food yet, so I want <laughs> to give give them a little commercial that we have for you and an advertisement and give you a chance to get a little bit of water if if you so uh, choose. So I am going to do put on a commercial and we'll be right. right back after these messages. Okay. Food Alchemy Family at its greatest show. Welcome Helena Mullen. She's a dynamic force to be reckoned with from L.A., California. Fifteen years as a healer, writer, speaker, educator, and media expert. Interview hostess of her own radio show, although the basics for this Information work stems from her experience as a life love sex coach. She has been increasingly enthusiastic about raising awareness as powerful, healing, and holistic possibilities available to us in this special time a world of transformation. Her mission. is to support herself and others directing the focus away from fear and steps into the rich, rich knowledge and awareness and powerful creative solution already presented that will take us into the next level of planetary metamorphosis and healing. Let's sit back and listen to Helena give us some guidance. She has a website at lovinglifetools.com Go and check the website
0: out and listen. Annoying.
1: The Food Alchemist is the book author of It's Vegan and It Tastes Good. If you would like to engage her services such as seminars, classes, lectures, retreats, www.thefoodalchemist.us dot U-S or 480-232-9930. While you're there, leave your contact information. And on the website, you can also sign up for a newsletter that informs you about vegetables, history, recipes, and herbs. We believe in helping you because we love you and you love you. This is the Food Alchemist. Have a blessed and wonderful day. We, After that beautiful introduction, let's fly with Elena. And we're going to take a flying commercial for 30 seconds and we will be back in 30 seconds. Hello? I think I'm having a technical difficulty. I think I dropped my caller, and hopefully she'll come right back. So in this meantime, let's listen to the storm while I try to get her caller back online. <laughs> guests keep dropping I wanted to um thank everybody for hanging in there um we're going to keep trying until we actually get her we're going to say Helena and see if she's there Helena I'm here okay we got you wow I am so happy (laughs) yeah my battery dies oh sorry to hear that (laughs) so I guess it's too too much of a hot topic you know, I about guess we burned
3: the wires, honey.
1: That's good. I, I love that. <laughs> so just imagine. That's just wonderful energy. That's
3: how yeah. I look at it. Oh, and I wanted so, to let you know one piece that you're missing is that I have a, a show called Indulgence on sextalkradionetwork.com. It's the indulgence show. So if you ever get on to sextalkradionetwork.com, there's about 26 shows sitting there. It would be great for you to listen to on all kinds of subjects.
1: Oh, wow. See,
3: ladies and gentlemen? All sex, all the time.
1: See, that's awesome. Can you get better than that? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that is just amazing. I mean, I've seen some, Um, I've seen, you know, some of your stuff I've, just really amazed, and you're such a busy lady. And I know you took some time off. I, you know, I'm I'm nosy, so I, I like to keep going to people's websites. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: I love it. Please keep coming back, anybody. I love nosy people.
1: So, um, you know, so I just love that uh, about that. So we just we have we like seem like we're getting more and more callers. So I want to make sure, you know, we have a gentleman that's been online waiting and. I told them at the end we would do um, uh, readings. Uh, well, all, every show we, we like to do like a herbal or a crystal reading uh, for someone and give some suggested um, advice as well. And we're having uh, guests come in and pop in out of the uh, chat room. So if you think about doing anything, I'm most handling the boards, ladies and gentlemen, as well as the chat room. um Um, handling this so I just if anybody has any questions I'll also be in the chat room trying to pick them up as two so
3: cool well actually I'm registering even as we speak
1: so I can see what's going on I just like have some background noise like what 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 that came from me So let's see We have a la 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 So let's get back on the track Because I don't want to get off Because this hour, you know This two hour show is like It's eating up real fast So let's get into the food That is basically I would say sensual uh, That might be pertinent Now if you're packing I would pack um, Give us your intake On what you think about food In combination of your sexuality And how it enhances of the body?
3: Well, obviously, sex is an athletic act, in case you haven't noticed. And the better shape you're in, the more present you can be. And I know that people that have maladies often have difficulty with their libido. Uh Or if you're taking antidepressant medications or other kinds of medications, oftentimes that will affect your libido. But there's all kinds of foods that you can do to help augment and sustain and also, you know, when you're having sex too, it's you know, you can get a little dehydrated. So there are certain kinds of foods I love to have around when I'm having sex. For instance, you know, it depends on whether you want messy or non messy. If you want non messy, grapes are my favorite. Or any kind of fruit that's contained and really wet. But if you want if you don't mind messy, then you can go into the melons and you can go into some of those other kinds of really juicy fruits that keep your energy up, give you that sugar that you need that are healthy for your body. Stay away from dry fruits, though, because I think they give you a little too much of a rush, and you kind of want to keep things on a more even keel. And, of course, lots and lots and lots and lots of water is really, really important.
0: All right. Keeping hydrated.
3: Right. Also, like- for for a healthy healthy body, I think it's really important to make sure you eat good proteins with every meal. Uh Because they burn slower. So you have a lot more energy stored and available to you.
1: Right.
2: So
3: healthy proteins with every meal and lots of green stuff and a little fruit. You don't (laughs) want to go too heavy on fruit. So like if you're a juicer, I think Uh lots of green juices are great. Kind of be a little careful when you get into the sugary ones like the beets and the carrots. You You want to not do that too much. But lots of green juices are really good for your health and give you a lot of really great energy. Fruit juices give you a little too much, I think, of a sugar kick. I tend to water down my juices. and put a splash of flavor rather than amping on juice. But, of course, if you're hypoglycemic, a good strong hit of orange juice is always very helpful.
1: Right. Well, yes, because they need that sugar boost because their sugar drops yeah. too low, which is, right. you know, be careful. We're just giving suggestions, ladies and gentlemen, you know. Um, being an yeah, I'm not a
3: doctor. Can... I just know. I'm not a doctor, but I just know what works for me. So that's all I can say. Right. You may have your own ideas, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I'm loving this. Because that's that's what I tell people. Um, I'm just giving you a suggestion. I'm not a licensed doctor. Um, these are just some things I find that works for me, which is amazing, totally amazing. But being out here in Arizona, I'm finding that um, you come out here and you want to – you don't have a tendency to drink a lot, so you are always um, thirsty. And we need yeah. a lot Potassium here than you would say California or New York, or because it's more um, humidity. The humidity is a lot higher because you're near the ocean and the water and the moisture content. But here, where it's dry in the valley, we need a a little bit more potassium. I'm not going to say go out and take potassium pills. But you might have to even up your salt intake, or have a little thing that has potassium. As is so as simple as much as take drinking coconut water. Um, yeah, and I sim- think
3: it's really good to make sure that you rinse your salt. You want to use some of those more natural salts because some of the highly processed salts that you can get, and I won't name names of companies, but those do not have as healthy of a content, and often have chemicals in them that you'd like to avoid. So stay with the uh, healthier rock salts and grind them.
1: Uh-huh. I like and that. Supplement um, your
3: supplement your, if you're worried about the iodine stuff, supplement that with a lot. I love to get those little seaweed chips. uh
0: uh-huh. You can get
3: them at Japanese markets. At, at some places, you get a little tiny bit for like $2. It's ridiculous. Go to the Japanese markets. They have right. bags of this stuff. And I'm if I want potato chips, I eat seaweed instead.
0: Right, And, and also I know I'm
3: getting my iodine and lots of good green stuff, lots of minerals.
1: Right. The the kelp also helps with your, your iodine but also your thyroid um, because that's yes. what's lacking when it goes down. So that also has a, also playing with your hormones, which people are not aware of,
0: the uh, yes. your thyroid
1: gland. So it sends you off a little bit of balance and everything. Uh, so I just thought, you know, that would be awesome. To, you know, to let them know that there's other things that these foods do, like instead of juicing them up, they have potassium, they're also healing your body at the same time, like hemp seed, and maca, maca is good for men as well as women sexually to heal their body and give them the sexual energy that they might need. That is great stuff, that maca maca
3: is great stuff.
1: So put that in your you know, you can put that in your, your shake in the morning. Um your lover's not feeling so sexy by the end of the day if they've had a cup of, you know, maca stuff, it takes a while. With herbs it's not gonna work overnight. It's gonna yeah, take you a little build bit. it up. Right. So I, I love that, you know, that we have it right here at our fingertips and that we can give you all this information.
0: So yeah.
1: my thing is um when you're with your mate and you're on a different diet Does that affect their body, your body, if you're with a mate and they have a different, like, eating habits and your Well, definitely.
3: Together? First of all, you know, we have bodily fluids that we exude. Right. And the healthier and cleaner your diet, the better you're going to smell and taste, no matter where you're licking. <laughs> right. So being mindful of that is very helpful. You know, there are certain foods that are, like, really good for you, like garlic and onion,
0: that Uh you might
3: want to save for a non-date night, unless you both had it, in which case who cares? But, you know, (laughs) so you want to be aware and mindful. But, um, you know, a lot of foods do have a result. And, you know, the better your diet, especially when it comes to the fluids down south, it is affected by your diet. So if you want to taste and smell sweet, be mindful of what you're eating. And those processed foods have so many chemicals and so much sodium and so many things. Did you know, I just heard this guy, he has a museum of McDonald's hamburgers. And he's got hamburgers that are over 10 years old and they look like the day they were issued.
0: Oh, wow. Now you might
3: say, well, maybe that will preserve me well. And it might. But I have a feeling that it's probably not good. I mean, if the ants won't even eat it, right. what do you think?
1: That you shouldn't put it in your body.
3: That's that right. You, you know, and my attitude is, you know, I'm really not big on doctors. i got to be honest. I'm not. I, I, you know, I think that Western medicine has its place, but it's right. kind of, the, the way Western medicine is run, it's kind of like, if you if you've gone too far in one direction then you might need that more extreme intervention and that's where western medicine comes in but if you're mindful of what you're doing and you're ingesting healthy foods you can stay pretty healthy and i'm my attitude is stay away from the doctor you know if i don't have any money The money I do have, I spend on the healthiest food that I can get my hands on. Because I figure if I'm eating healthily, there's a much better chance that I'm going to be able to maintain my health.
1: Right, which
3: I love. And stay out of the doctor. Oh, and there's one other piece I recently learned about organic food. And this is interesting. If you're buying organic food from a larger corporate sort of a concern, Uh they they legally can use... Uh Some of the chemicals used in Agent Orange, which has been proven to mm-hmm. be deleterious to our health, they can use that to grow that food. So be mindful of what the laws are around this. I've recently started my own organic garden so that I know what I'm getting and I know what I'm eating. right. I recommend that as many people that like you can grow stuff on your balcony. you can grow yeah. in pots. And the more you can grow your own food, I think the better off you are. And it's a good thing to be that self-sufficient anyway. We've lost a lot of art, especially in your art, herbology. We've lost a lot of wisdom that is, you know, it was innate in our more tribal cultures. Right, right. That we need to re-educate ourselves.
1: See, and that's where I like to come in and educate people because people don't realize that. Like I tell them, food is everything. That's why my my show is called Chef Ceci, um What's called food alchemy at its greatest, because I don't want I to. I love think that all, word. Thank you. I don't want everybody to think it's just food. Food is everything from thought, your thought process, your spiritual process your physical process and your environment and the people you come in contact and the things that you do. So everything you're connected with is a food because you digest either in your mind, in your your thought, your sight, your mouth, your ears. So everything is a food from even the things that you hear and that you don't realize because there are tastes that are played in your body over and over again. And it's basically
2: a program. And I think it's important
1: to
3: notice how you feel after you've eaten something, you know? Eat things a little bit in isolation. And then when you eat something in isolation, you'll be able to tell instantly whether it's working for you or not by how you feel after you've eaten it. Right,
0: right. So for instance, that's- one of
3: my favorite things is ice cream. I love ice cream. <laughs> but recently, you know, I've kind of gone off dairy completely because I noticed my body wasn't doing well around it. So recently I thought, well, I'll give myself a little treat. I want some ice cream. So I did, and immediately I felt horrible. And if I didn't know it beforehand, I know it now. Ice cream is not my friend.
1: Okay. Well, you can get coconut ice cream.
3: Oh, that sounds good, yeah.
1: It's coconut ice cream. There's almond ice cream. Um, There's even raw ice cream that you can get that is made with almonds and it doesn't have sugar in it.
3: Wow.
1: It doesn't have process. And that's the stuff. There the classes that I teach people how to do this on a daily basis. Um, you know, on my page, I want them to learn that you can actually do this at home. You can make homemade ice cream. If you're vegan, if you're raw vegan, if you're vegetarian, vegetarian is not going to matter to them. But, like I say, again, everybody's body is different. Some people can eat meat. Some people can't. Some people can be vegetarian. Some people uh, can't eat uh vegetarian. Some people can be wrong, some people can't. Some people can just juice and they're fine. And some people yeah. don't. But the thing is you gotta be properly guided. You just can't say well, ho I'm going to do this because you do more damage to your body than good. Just like I was yeah. doing juicing. You gotta do it yeah. properly. You gotta go on a fast properly, you gotta come off properly because you can upset the apple cart and it'll tumble over and it'll
0: hurt you and put you in a hospital. And yeah. that's not what you're
3: Well I got about. this book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Right. And I started listening to that book and doing what it suggests. Now, I don't, for instance, it suggests to me that I want to stay away from tomatoes and nightshades. So I don't take them completely out of my diet, but I have them rarely because I enjoy it. Of course, it's my favorite food that's those list, like avocados and tomatoes. <laughs> but I just eat them less and right. a smaller portion. And I, I used to have constant migraines constant wow. muscle and joint pain constant uh, spinal stuff going out all the time and right. I changed my diet I am no longer in pain
1: okay that you know that's good see and also um, uh, also what you can do is uh, be uh, like almonds Did you know eating three almonds a day can prevent cancer?
3: I didn't know. In fact, what I recently heard, though, is that almonds can be kind of inflammatory if you tend toward an inflammatory system, which I happen to have. What was causing my uh, pain was that I was allergic to a lot of foods I was eating. And once I shifted out of that, that got a lot better. So there are some foods that can be inflammatory, and you can tell when you eat them if they cause problems for you or not.
1: Okay, that's true. So I, I, you know, just just love giving all this wonderful information to them, and I hope they appreciate this—that you're just going out of out of bounds. You're just not a one, as they say, one horse pony show. You're like <laughs> Arabian show of horses. You're dynamic and beautiful, and you come in a, a lot of varieties. And what you do, and you're at your what you're mastered at, which is amazing. So I would like to thank you for that for being that and then some. So knowing about your health, knowing about the food, knowing about the sexuality, but also working with addictions and stuff like that. Um, I also assume there are um people that raise their connellini energy. I talk about this all the time because I want people to be aware of what Connellini energy is. That sometimes they burst out of the top and their candelini energy is so high that they're on a overdrive, some people say overdrive of sex because they burst that open. Um, Would you be able to work with clients like that and guide them how uh, to bring that energy down a little bit and use it in another way?
3: Well, let's talk about what kundalini energy is first. Kundalini energy is an energy that is kind of, dormant at the base of the spine and when we're very relaxed and very aroused sometimes we can open up the channel for that energy to flow sometimes when it flows you can have some very powerful spiritual experiences in fact my Kundalini awakening was an amazing experience where I kind of went out of my body and these two dolphins came to me and took me down into the ocean where I met Neptune and he called me daughter And then I arose on a shell out of the ocean, not knowing at the time the legend of Aphrodite, how she arose out of the the ocean. And she was a daughter of Neptune. So I thought that was kind of an interesting introduction to my lineage as a goddess, as a sexual educator, and, and all that sort of thing. So those kinds of things can happen. But also what happens is this energy starts to move very powerfully through your body and through your spine. I've learned how to activate myself through a teaching of the Kudoshka, actually, where I can take one breath and be in an orgasmic experience called full-body orgasm or energy streaming for as long as I want. Now, this is an experience that does not include any kind of genital stimulation. You can include it, and it, it adds a dimension to the experience. But this energy streaming is kind of like everybody has this experience where they get really excited, and it's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> you see little kids feeling like that rush of energy, ooh, I'm so excited, or turn on, you know, and it's a rush. And you can learn how to keep that energy going through your body and and keep and maintain it for as long as you want. And it's just by focusing on the pleasure. We're all naturally that way. What happens is parents see these kids with all that energy and they get jealous and they say, where do you get all that energy? Sit down, still be quiet, I can't keep up with you. And the kids get the idea that there's something wrong with them. And then they pinch that energy off, and then they become as dull and boring as we as adults have become. And the ancient tantrics looked at that, and they said, what happened to us? And they started looking at those kids, and they recognized, you know, I think we can reaccess that. So a lot of what we're doing in tantra is learning how to reaccess that basic essence of who we came in as. It never goes away. But what happens is as we get the idea there's something wrong with us, what do we do? We put on defense mechanisms or programs that help us to protect ourselves. We put on personalities to please others. We put on all kinds of layers on top of ourselves, trying to be this wonderful good person that we aim to be when our essence self is that. And in fact, we're trying to emulate that essence self and we don't even realize it because we have learned not to trust ourselves and our inner guidance. So what we do in tantra is we learn how to take off those layers and get back to that essence self and allow the flow of that, that natural flow of energy that's always present. And so what happens with this kundalini energy is as it starts to rush through your body, you may experience some kind of jerking sensations where your body just kind of jerks. And in fact, when I after I had my kundalini awakening and it started really flowing, I would literally lay down in bed to go to sleep at night, and it was like I was in the exorcist movie. My body would jerk and go through all kinds of gyrations. And I thought, well, I would just let this go because I didn't know any better. But it was not comfortable. It wasn't fun. It was just kind of a pain in the ass. So all of a sudden, it occurred to me that I could manage this energy. So I started to breathe tantrically, which is a very deep and slow breath where you feel your belly. And then you release it slowly, and you slow down with every breath and really feel your body. And that seems to soothe and smooth the energy. And then I started to undulate. So as I started to move my body and breathe, it started to help managing where those jerks were. And then I started learning I could sound. And when I sounded, it was like hitting the gas pedal, and it was like smooth. You know when you kind of feel a cough in the engine and you hit the gas pedal, it kind of clears the pipe? Well, that's what the sound does. And the sound also helps you to continue to sustain that flow of energy so that you can be in full body orgasm as long as you want. So oftentimes in my workshops, I do a demonstration. I'll literally lay on the floor, take one breath, and go off for a few minutes so that they can see what it looks like, sounds like, it feels like, and then I show them how to do that. So it's a delicious experience. It kind of feels like you've, your chakras have been roto-rooted, your energy system, your body. It rebalances all your body chemistry. It rebalances the energy field. It rebalances your chakras. So what happens is you literally, when you kind of come back from that experience, you kind of have this. Luminescent look about you, and it looks like you've lost maybe 10 years. And right. you look a lot more centered and clear and positive and aligned and connected. You know, after a good orgasm, how do anybody feel? More connected with the all and the everything, and you're more in love with yourself, and more in love with nature, and more in love with your whole experience. This brings you into that now moment, which is so precious and sacred, it brings you into the magic of that, which is phenomenal when you learn how to get yourself there and hang out there for more extended periods of time that's enlightenment and what we're all learning how to do in Chandra is hang out there more of the time right
1: which is thank you so much because I had a friend that had kind of energy, Uh energy and he couldn't you know he was married and he just he said he just woke it and he couldn't control it and it's been going
0: yeah. going on for three
1: years and he had went to many Tantra teachers, and they couldn't help him get a hold of it. Um, and he hadn't yet uh, mastered it yet. Yeah, um, all you
3: have to do is, is which it's kind of like everything that we do. You know, a lot of people say, turn it over to God, turn it over to God. I really believe that whether there's God or the force or what you think about that energy that is the essence of life force here on this planet, whatever you think that is, I think whatever we do is a divine dance. We are half of the equation because we're used to being in a physical body in the third dimension, managing a physical reality. Spirit doesn't understand that. Spirit is not a physical thing. So when spirit and the physical meet, your job in that divine dance is to take that magnificent energy and direct and channel it effectively. For instance, in the past when I would do healing work, Sometimes I would let that energy flow and trust it completely, and it would sometimes run away with me. And here I'm trusting this thing, but I'm not, I'm I'm having an effect on people that isn't quite as harmonious as I'd hoped. And then I realized that I'm the one that understands the physical, I'm the one that understands psychology, I'm the one that understands all this third-dimensional stuff. So it's a dance between what I know and what's coming through and what I know and what's coming through. Everything in life is that dance. Everything. So don't surrender to God. Don't surrender yourself. It's a dance. You are the determiner of what happens with that energy, and you have to take responsibility for that. It's like we're this ray gun shooting a laser. You know, where do we point it? How are we pointing it? We are responsible for that, and we have to take and measure and manage it, and we have to learn how to do that.
1: Okay, well, that's good. So, I hope my friend is listening because I'm not going to get him in trouble about <laughs> uh, his Connellini energy. Um, you know, just you know that he just wanted that and understanding, um, and he was. You know, speaking of the therapy like acupressure, acupuncture, and all that other stuff. And that seems to be helping him keep in alignment, which um, I say kudos for him and great. So now he feels so much better.
0: And
3: yeah, and he can give online. me a call and I can talk him through it. Okay. You know, I do phone sessions all the time. So, you know, sometimes it does require some other intervention depending on what's going on with him and his energy system. And acupuncture is a wonderful way to also balance that out but we do have to step in in our own sense of self and power with whatever's flowing through us. Okay. Because it can be dangerous. It's, you know, it is the power of the universe. It is, you know, that's why Tantra and these things are so dynamic and powerful because it is the most powerful thing there is. It's what creates universes. It's what creates worlds. And we get to be the determiners of what happens with that energy that flows through us.
1: Okay, what would you say to a couple that is new and trying uh, to, to cut out, like, what would you give a, uh, for a couple for a date? Like, do you give assignments and homework to them? Like, to go oh, on I a do date all the time. they have sure. children?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I also suggest a couple. Remember we talked about the once a week date. I also suggest to couples that every month or six weeks they take a weekend away for themselves so that they can decompress from life and responsibility and have some loose, relaxed, unstructured time where they can just hang out and enjoy each other. Again, we need those refreshers. If you've ever been on a vacation for like two weeks, you may have noticed that the first week you're decompressing and you still are, you know, winding down from, you know, the rat race you've been in. So, but if you take these little breaks more often, it feeds and nurtures your soul and your relationship to a degree that is really important and essential for keeping your balance and center. Right. There's nothing more important than that you feel good, that you feel centered, that you're bringing your best self to every moment. So you got to learn to be a little selfish. Now, instead of selfish, (laughs) I like to use the word self full and that means that you're you're parenting, you know, if you're parenting your child, you're watching out, aren't you? You're making sure that what goes on around them, they're safe, that they're learning how to get their needs met, that they're taken care of. You have to do that for yourself.
1: True.
0: That is so true. That is so true. And in our culture, we're
3: taught to sacrifice ourselves for everyone Uh else. and It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh -uh. Uh-uh.
0: Uh-uh.
1: I learned that, you know, especially being a parent, um, and a mom, huh? <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, and I have a teenager that is just so uh, so hard. Yeah. Just so hard. so <laughs> um, well, the right. thing
3: about teenagers is I've got a 24-year-old daughter, and she's been through her stuff. She's been through her experimentation phases. She's been through and a lot. And I'm glad that she is doing that and that she's learning, and she's learning how to manage her own energy through mistakes. And through, you know, all kinds of different kinds of experiences. One of the things as parents that we can do and be most effective is, you know, from the day she was born, I practiced letting go. Okay. I knew I would have to let go. Every moment where I saw there was a choice for me to let go, I would let go and let her learn. Also, as they're learning, instead of telling them what to do, encourage them to figure it out for themselves and talk it out with you. What do you think? How does it feel to you? Those kinds of things rather than spoon-feeding them your stuff. Because let's face it, what we've learned growing up was a lot of BS, right? And we probably still have some levels of BS that we're transmitting. If we teach them to be self-responsible and self-aware, And listening to their own guidance system and honoring themselves, we're going to give them a tool that's really going to serve them much better than what we have to share. And the last piece is trusting them, trusting them, even though they're going through a mistake time, even though they're doing some things that make us scared to death for them sometimes. If you continue to show them how to trust their inner guidance and how to listen to their bodies and how to learn from their mistakes, they'll figure it out. You did. Right.
0: That's
3: they true. will, That's too. True. They will, too. And you can give them some advice, but the truth is how often are they really going to listen? How often did you listen?
0: That's true. You know? Well, so giving them
3: I those think... skills to do it themselves is the best gift you can give them.
1: I'm thinking about, you know, just the kids themselves where they were taught uh, early, like the girls and the boys were separated back in the village, like uh, say in Africa, say in the Native American tradition. They grow up being aware of who they are as a man and a woman because they're taught these different skills to be able to walk into, which is very, very um, hard because we don't have that. We basically, the tribe is shut. Well, especially
3: for boys. I mean, in in tribal cultures, as the boy hits around puberty, they go off and live with the men. And the men and the women actually live kind of separately. And when the men and women want to get together, they get together. And other than wow. that, there's a there's a focus on a same sex consciousness. And men teach men how to be men and women teach women how to be women. And I'll tell you, the men in our culture are missing that. Right. They don't get male, you know. They don't get enough male energy. They don't. Right. They have to try to figure out how to be a man from the women in their lives, or from TV, or from porno right. movies. And those are not necessarily the best places to learn how to be a man.
1: Right. So, there's. Um, do you know of any rites of passage places out there? Do you do that as well as rites of passage? Yeah, is there that...
3: is one. There is one, and I wish I could remember the name of it right now. But if you go to my Sex Talk Radio Network Indulgence Show, there mm-hmm. is a show there that I talked with a man who's doing exactly that kind of work, and uh, the title of the show is pretty revealing. Something about men, men for men, or something like that. There are links to what they're doing, where they're what they're really doing is helping men to access that anger where they were originally stopped from feeling, because guys are actually more sensitive than women. Right. But because we live in a warrior paradigm from a very young age, they're they're taught not to trust their feelings, and they're taught to distrust them, which is what causes a lot of the war between men and women, because they men dissociate from their feelings. And in the ancient cultures, what they did was if the men went to war, they went to war, but when they came back, they were reintroduced to the culture gently by the women, by certain women healers, so that they could reorient themselves back to their feeling nature in order to be with their families. And they really would counteract the PTSD and all those horrible things that happened, which we don't have available to us here either. And, in fact, I'm going to be meeting with someone in October who's a fireman from 9-11 who wants to put together a post-traumatic stress um center for people and I'm going to help him to develop programs to help these guys to release all that pent-up trauma and through massage, through emotional relief work, through hypnosis, through all kinds of different therapies that they don't really get right now.
1: That's good. So um, what do you think about the women? Is there a rise of passage for women out there as well?
3: Well, there, there, there are some in the I, you know, you talk about the Kordoshka I'm very involved with the people at the Deer Tribe also. I studied shamanism <laughs> with them. And I've done all the cues, I'm friends with the leaders there, you know, I've been in it for about twenty years. So they have some Rites of passage stuff. Right. Interestingly enough though, in our culture, you have to try, you have to honor your kids. And my daughter wanted nothing to do with that. Right. I'm hoping at some point she will find a desire and need and interest in that. But, you know, you have to honor what, you know, and unfortunately these kids are in a culture that doesn't support and encourage that. So, you know, even though she got a lot of stuff from me from a very young age and I did a lot of things with her that a lot of parents don't do, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: um, she still resisted it, and I had to honor and respect that. But there are some women that really want that. And I belong to a group right now called, we call it Goddess Camp International.
0: Mm-hmm. And what
3: we do is we get together, we put on these one-day events, and we encourage women to call forth women they really want to travel with in a spiritual sort of way. Okay. And, we put together, and these are women's groups, and it's all about what we call it prayer, power, passion, and pleasure.
1: Wow. And we get,
3: In fact, we got one coming up this Saturday in the Queen Camp. In the Queen Camp, we are the people that kind of started this whole thing. And we're actually having a high priestess installation this week. We've decided that we're stepping into a new incarnation of ourselves. As our goddess selves, we're bringing our best selves to our lives, and that's activating that divine nature, that higher nature, and bringing that into the world. But the high priestess installation is about service, recognizing that we are also here to be of service and help others. So we are stepping into that incarnation and in our group. But what this group does and we and we help people to start this group. Is, you know, in the old days, not so long ago, at least we had sewing circles, we had different kinds of things where the women would gather. We don't have a whole lot of that right now. And the things that we do have, there's some wonderful things called the Red Hat Society and stuff, but they're like going out and having fun. Goddess Camp is about intimacy. Goddess Camp is about mutual support. Goddess Camp is about traveling with women who deeply love you, who deeply support your personal growth, your spiritual growth, and that want to help you make your life the best it can be. So when we come together for our, our, we have a swindle party, so we come together for the day, and all the birthday girls are the ones that are in charge of the ceremonies for the day. So they pick a theme, and they put together some processes that we all participate in, and it's in alignment with that theme, and it's so freaking powerful and amazing and then at night we often play together we'll perform or offer our gifts to each other whether it's massage or a tarot reading or a healing or we pod up you know and support each other in little pods because we don't really want to be we're not there to really be psychologists for each other even though a lot of us are healers we do that in the pods rather than in the group stuff. And then the next day, we invite the guys to join us, and they get the benefit of what we have learned and shared the day before. So that's how we do it. And we encourage other women to pick women that they want to do that with, and we'll help them get their own Goddess Camp started and they can become a part of Goddess Camp International and join in our other events. And we put on, you know, open conclaves and all kinds of things so that people can get connected, because we're also about supporting and networking and all that kind of stuff
1: which is awesome. And the thing is I also like is that you work with um, pregnant women and having sex because a lot of people don't understand that you can still have sex while you're pregnant um, up to a, you know, unless you have doctor yes. restriction or on bed rest. And right. um, that in itself was amazing. Um, can you tell me what women that come and take that class, what is like their their motivation of taking that class?
3: Well, it's really funny. Actually, I created that class because the Kardashian show called me and said, you know, um, I think it was, I can't remember the names right now, but one of the ladies was pregnant and afraid to have sex. So they said, would you put together a class? I said, sure. So I did. And we called it Sexual Survival Skills for Pregnancy. There are certain positions that you can use that are very beneficial and easy and doesn't and don't strain the mom and can work around the belly and can still be very pleasurable. In fact, most women, their sex drive actually, once they kind of get through the the nausea period, mm-hmm. after three months, say, their sex drive really amps up, and then they start to feel really good and really wonderful and even really horny through the sixth and seventh month when it starts to get maybe a little burdensome and it starts to get a little old and it starts to get a little <laughs> bigger and heavier. But that's the time when a woman really needs that touch and that's, and that connection. I know when I was pregnant with my daughter, my husband at the time was so afraid of bodily fluids, he wouldn't go near me because, you know, Um, if you look at me, my breath was squirt or something was squirt somewhere. Right,
0: It was
3: extraordinarily painful for me because I really wanted to share that intimate stuff where we was talking to my golly and loving our daughter before she even came in and he was so scared he didn't know what to do. So I really encourage people to stay conscious with this stuff and stay loving and stay as connected as possible. That baby picks up everything. What the mother says resonates through that whole body, every bone. every. So be as loving and gentle with yourself as you can during that period. Create as positive environment as possible. And what I also learned was that, you know, I ended up having a toxemia and a very difficult childbirth. And if I had it to do over again, I would have done a water birth, hands down. Because, you know, the way that we're set up in the hospital is for the convenience of the doctors, not for the convenience of the mother. And the best position to have a child in is one where gravity is helping you out. And when you're lying down, gravity is not helping you out. So you want to squat and you want to be, and you know the baby isn't going to open and breathe until you get it out of the water anyway. It's used to living in that. So until it gets stimulated in such a way, you don't have to get the baby to stimulate. You can massage that baby, and be very wow. loving and gentle in a dark room instead of what they do in those hospitals. But and
1: that's what I lo- that's what I love. Um, the fact that you do that that that's was awesome to add to my repertoire um, because I'm a doula as well. I trained yeah. as a
3: doula, so um, sure. and I do be- I do hypnosis so that people can have orgasms while they're having giving birth. Wow! So that you eradicate the pain and you move into an orgasmic state. But if you want to watch the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it's the "I Want Your Sex" episode, <laughs> and you'll see me on there talking them through. It was fun. Yes,
1: yeah. Um my daughter's seen that. <laughs> so. I love that, so um, that's what I'm saying, that there's different things, I want them to know that you're not just why I would, your your name is justified as a sex expert, because you're yeah. not just talking about the basics and the fact that you're working with everybody from A to B, from polyamorous to monogamous uh, to homosexuality to heterosexuality.
0: To, you know,
1: all of these aspects of sexuality, which either you're coming to see one or the other, and you put them in cumbersome them and then you give them to tools for each and every one, which is amazing. And the fact that you're an author, you're an actress, you're a singer, um, and you do hypnose therapy. I mean, what more could you want, you know? A well, I'm a double
3: Gemini, you know, that's what double <laughs> Geminis do lots of things. <laughs>
1: wow. You have your astrology down, too, so that's good. So um, what I want to do is take a break for a little bit, give you a chance to get a couple, cup of water or whatever, and our audience to understand what radio show, ugh, radio show you're coming is Food Alchemy at its greatest. So we're going to give an intro to Helena, who they're with, and we're going to do our commercial. So we're going to lift off to our commercials, ladies and gentlemen. Ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. The Food Alchemist is the book author of It's Vegan and It Tastes Good. If you would like to engage her services such as seminars, classes, lectures, retreats, corporate lunches and dinners, you can reach her at www.thefoodalchemist.us or 480-232-9930. While you're there, leave your contact information. And on the website, you can also sign up for a newsletter that informs you about vegetables, history, recipes, and herbs. We believe in helping you because we love you and you
0: love you.
1: This is the Food Alchemist. Have a
0: blessed and wonderful day.
1: Welcome to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sessy, the Food Alchemist. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we welcome our guest, Helena, to the show. You want to not risk this ride of the sex therapist and her sex expertise and all the information that she can provide. She's a Tantra expert. She's a therapist expert on relations. Let's sit back, beloveds, enjoy the ride that she is willing to provide us with. We're taking lift off. Are you ready? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome back to our studio Helena. So, welcome back, Helena. I would like to thank you for taking this time. This our show and being with us I would love, thank you For honoring me with your time
3: Well thank you I, you're, you're just so acknowledging and I, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you Because when we visited on the phone Before we connected for the show today I gotta tell you Aside from what we're doing in the show I fell in love You're amazing <laughs> And I love your approach And your interest in the things That you're interested in I just can't wait till you move out here So we can play because I'm we're excited. so synergistic, and I love that you're so aware that food and life is alchemy, and that it takes integrating an awareness of our entire being to bring our optimal selves to our lives.
1: Oh. I'm just thank you. I'm just honored. I'm honored. I mean, like, wow. I was, like, thinking, like, can I do this? And because you were like, um, my daughter told me, Mom, do you know who you have on your show? And she was like, she, she's watched the the Keeping It uh, Kardashians or Keep Up. It's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knew what I was talking about and she was telling me about it. She was like, Mom, do you know who you have on your show? That means you've made it. I was like, I did? <laughs> I got to tell, tell
3: like, you something oh. else. You want to you wanna hear something really funny? Was My biggest coup, my biggest thrill was that I did a show teaching Tantra on a show called here come the newlyweds on uh-huh. ABC, which is a Disney Channel. I taught tantra on Disney, <laughs> and I think that is like it. You know, I have right. arrived. So keep it coming, keep it coming.
1: <laughs> right, right. So I tell people what you put out is what you get. Um, so they'll know, and they'll be like, okay, really. If what you put out is what you're going to get. If you put out positivity, you're going to get a lot more positivity back at you. So That's I'm the way it works. I'm just loving that. Um, that You know, what we're putting out and then all this thing is coming together. Because I had Ina. I don't know if you know Ina laughing when. Uh, oh, she's one on of my, my very, th- dear Your very
3: dear friends. Very um, dear friends.
1: Okay. And then last week I had Mookie. Mookie Okan.
3: Luki, I know, but I don't know her as well. I'm pretty tight with Ina and with um, uh, Jamie. Or she goes by, what does she go by? Amara now. She goes by Amara.
1: Oh, yes, I know Amara too. (laughs) Yeah. Small world. Wow, see, um, yeah, I know Karen and I got to know Ina is through Karen because she was the one that introduced me to Quadosha. For you guys that don't know why I'm always Did you like, do it?
3: I'm, did you go to the Oh, I did, did, did all
1: three. I did all three.
0: Awesome. I tried to
1: do the fourth one, and I've yeah. only been on the logistic team um, twice. Yeah, on the logistic team twice. But that was out here in N A Z And I told her, I'm looking for for them to come where I am so I can actually host one at where I'm going to be at so it can be just fantastic.
3: Well, let um, me know, honey. I'll help you out.
1: That will be good. Cause I, would I like, really
3: believe in what they do. It's great stuff.
1: That's what I'm saying. You know, the rites of passage and all of this, I'm just like... Especially for the children, because what people don't know, Deer Tribe is just more than just a quodosha. And I explained to people, quodosha is not an orgy. Just like tantra is not an orgy. When they think, oh my goodness, they think orgy, and it's not. It's about opening yourself sacredly and understanding yourself and your true self, who you are, and your partner, and being able to come together harmoniously and be able to. Well, actually,
3: the deer. Yeah, the Deer Tribe is a shamanic path. If you want to learn shamanism, the Deer Tribe is a great place to learn because they take their teachings from something that they call the Twisted Hair Council of Elders, which are basically a group of shamans from just about every tradition on what they call Turtle Island, which is kind of the the, uh, Western awareness. And so it's a good mix of different kinds of shamanism and you you've learned to master yourself and that because everything begins with the self of course and they give you wonderful tools also. So right. you know and, and the sacred sexuality part which is the Kradoshka and you know the Tantra is a similar path
0: right. and
3: only one of 64 arts is sexuality in Tantra, and there are 64 other arts. But what's so wonderful, I've studied sacred sexuality in many different approaches, whether it's Taoism or Tantra or Kudoshka, the Native American approach. And each offers a wonderful, different piece of the pie. Right. So, um, you know, I'm, and also the Mayan tradition has their own sacred sexuality stuff. That's just incredibly wonderful. So every one of these areas has value and brings you another perspective because every culture kind of has a perspective you know like western culture has a technological perspective and um eastern culture has a more spiritual perspective and african culture has a more earthy spiritual perspective, I mean earthy physical kind of perspective with spirituality so it's all it's all magnificent
1: right i'm just um just really like just so stoked that, you know, you've come here, and you're understanding, I don't have to explain, uh, about a lot of this stuff, and that we're meeting, it's like meeting of the minds, and yeah. um, I have my friend, she's a meeting of the minds, too, because we are always talking about these things that we want to do, and where we want to go, and how we see ourselves, and the fact that you're putting in a very... Eloquent way for people not to be scared, which I really love. I thank you for so much for you know putting that out there because a lot of people are scared of their own sexuality. And the
3: deal is, the deal is, and I think I really want to highlight this is that sexual energy or life force energy, chi, ki, the force be with you, whatever you want to call it, is the power of the universe. It creates universes, it creates worlds. It is powerful, and it takes consciousness and awareness in order to dance with it effectively. So. You know, we are very right to be conscious and cautious and careful with it. But by the same time token, a lot of us are so afraid of it that we never really learn how to master it. And what you're learning, whether it's with Kudoshka or Taoism or Tantra, is how to manage that energy effectively. Some of that gets channeled into sexuality. It also gets channeled into other aspects of your life. So if you can learn, you know, the big schism...
0: I think Mm -hmm. between,
3: you know, what's caused the whole problem with what they call the patriarchy-dominant culture is that people, and especially men, feel out of control of their sexuality. That's right. Men's DNA is designed to basically fucking run. That's what their DNA is designed to do so that we can, you know, keep that species going. And the feminine is a gestator. We hold that energy, and we nurture it, and we create homely spaces and you know it's in our best interest to attract a man that's going to help us to support that but men are naturally want to run around that's you know because that's in their DNA and when they mature sexually when they mature spiritually when they mature emotionally that's when they feel more interested in that those kind of nesting activities as well but what happens with a young man is you know a breeze blows and he's got an erection he looks at something he's got an erection You know, he's so visually stimulated and so physically stimulated all the time that they feel out of control with it. So when you feel out of control with that stuff, what do you want to do? You want to control it. You want to dominate it. And that is like the whole basis of this domination paradigm that we've been living the last two or 3,000 years. So what I'd really like to see is that we start working with children at a young age to learn how to make friends with their energy to manage their energy, not to think that it's something bad or something out of control or something that's not right about them, but it's something that they can learn how to direct effectively to create the lives that they want and how to be with their sexuality in the way that really works and is nurturing and helpful because kids are sexual from a very young age, and we think that they aren't, and we're scared to death of them getting hurt sexually, but if they stay within their age range and they're not preyed upon by people that are out of their age range, they're going to develop quite naturally and comfortably with their sexuality. But we have so much fear, and we try to control it so much that it creates the problems that we're experiencing in our culture today.
1: And I have a question. What would you suggest them uh, for them to do if they have a fear about their own sexuality? And, uh, okay, I have someone, they come to your class, um, or come to you and say, you know, I'm with my husband or, you know, I'm with my wife and I'm I'm like really overcharged sexually, but she's very bashful. Uh, how do I get her to open up and trust me uh, with what I'm feeling? So she's being satisfied and I'm being satisfied and we come together. How would you handle that?
3: Well, first of all, I ask them to sit down and have a very real conversation, which I will often help them to have. Because communication around sexuality, you know, is often very challenging and highly charged. So one of the things that we do is we sit down and we take the temperature. And we say, okay, this is where I am. This is what I need. This is what's going on with me. What's going on with you? And be curious and interested. You know, because a lot of women are shut down because of abuse issues. A lot of women are shut down because they are afraid of their own power. A lot of women are shut down for a lot of really good reasons. And men, because they don't know how to manage their energy and they're supposed to teach the women, it's not a balanced kind of situation. So, first of all, I find out if the woman is interested in doing anything different than she's doing. Because if she's not, it's a waste of time.
0: Right.
3: You know? But if she is interested in doing something, then I start to teach you know, what happens with guys is they get amped up, and they get sexually charged, and they need to discharge. And they're looking at their woman saying, it's your job to discharge me. And what they need to learn, first of all, is how to manage their own sexual energy okay. instead of putting it all on their partner. Okay, that's right. the first piece. Once they've learned how to manage their sexual energy, then they're going to be a lot safer for their partner because a woman needs to feel trusting. She needs to feel safe. She needs to feel that when she steps into that arena with her man, that he can feel her and that he can really tune in and honor where she's at and not just run his own agenda and what he thinks needs to happen. It's a, it's a give and take from both sides of the equation. So one right. of the things we do in in our exercises is we sit down before a sexual encounter, and I walk my people through this. I say we do something called body mapping where we sit down and we say, okay, this is what's going on for me, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's going on for my body, this is what I'm available for, this is what I would like, this is what I'm capable of. And that way you don't have to be guessing the gosh or push or guess about anything. You know what your partner's available for. So, for instance, she might say, you know, I've had a very long, tired day, and, you know, I would love to connect with you, but I'm not up for swinging from the chandeliers, and i got a bruise on my <laughs> knee, you need to be aware of. And my breasts are really tender because my period coming on. So here's what I think would work best for me. I would love to have my body massage, kind of stay away from the breasts a little bit, unless I'm super aroused and I ask you to. And stay away from my yoni until I ask you to because, you know, sometimes you approach me a little early and I'm not ready. And what I'd really love is for you to put a lot of attention on my hip and, and massage and activate so I can really step in with you into a new place. And maybe we should dance first so that I can activate myself a little bit and get into a different space. And maybe the guy will say, okay, you know, it's been a while since we've had sex, so I'm really feeling kind of anxious. So maybe we should like, maybe we should masturbate ourselves first in front of each other to kind of break that that, that high energy cycle so that we can actually relax together. And maybe we should try this and that. And then we can have a conversation about it so that you're clear about what you want to create together what your bodies are available for, and you can always change in midstream when you decide you're ready to do something different. But that kind of communication helps the woman to really relax and know that she's not going to be expected to do something she's not able, ready, or willing to do. And, of course, being a woman, her mind might change five times during the situation, but at least you know where to start.
0: Right.
3: And you can feel confident in that. And once, you know, because the key is for the woman to be relaxed and open because we have to open our bodies. One of the first things I do with guys is
0: uh-huh.
3: I'll have them sit on, I have this, this bed that's a couch, and I'll have them lean back, and I'll have them bring their legs up, and I'll get in between their legs, and I'll say, okay, you're the woman, and I'm the guy. All right, ready? You Can you go into that space? And they'll say, okay, yeah, and I'll say, okay, now I've got this really huge cock, and Boy, baby, I'm going to fuck you. And you can literally see them wanting to close their legs. They're getting an idea of what it's like to have someone just enthusiastically want to penetrate them without any consideration for what's going on for them. They get that idea instantly, and they go, oh, wow, I had no idea it was like that. So it gives them a whole (laughs) different awareness of what it's like to be on the receiving end of that beautiful thing they've got in between their legs. You know, it is a beautiful gift. But guys sometimes think that the gifts they have to bring is more important than what's going on with the other person. I talk a lot about the sexual maturation of men. What and, and you can kind of gauge where your man is at with this. For instance, when they're young, dumb, and full of cum, as they like to say, it's uh-huh. really all about the conquest. It's all about having the experience. It's all about how many women can I notch on my bedpost? It's all about ego and individual personal pleasure. And you'll notice that when guys first become sexual, they usually discover it late at night under the covers or in the bathroom doing it as quickly as they can so they don't get caught. So what they're doing is they're really training themselves for premature ejaculation. And what happens is they never get the sense of what pleasure really is because they're just going for that orgasm and they're not enjoying the period approaching orgasm they don't relax they don't enjoy the pleasure and the feelings and they don't enjoy their bodies it's just a quick rubber a dub dub thing and so that's what they think sex is and then they go to their women and they teach women that and the thing is what they're doing is literally just masturbating on the woman she's a convenient um, any port in a storm kind of a thing and the woman never gets the opportunity or time to experience her own sexual empowerment and her own pleasure to the degree that's possible because of that So then the guy gets a little older, and he starts to notice the woman on the other end of his penis, and he goes, oh, you're kind of interesting. I want to explore you. And then they become selfless. I'm all about pleasuring the woman. And And they think that they're being so altruistic, but the truth is they're denying their own pleasure at that point. The woman has never learned or experienced or understood that she can have pleasure to a certain degree. And the man doesn't really know how to facilitate her properly, even though he's supposed to know everything which he doesn't, and he knows he doesn't know everything. So women aren't even allowed to communicate with men about what they want because men have such fragile egos because they know they don't know anything. I mean, it's just like this horrible mess. And then what happens is the women can't experience the pleasure, so the men get frustrated because the women aren't getting that much pleasure, and they don't know how to really provide it effectively. And they're not getting that much pleasure because they're not taking care of themselves. And so that's when they usually come to me. And I teach them that they need to get a little more self-full, self-aware, slow down, breathe, focus on the pleasure and less on the the orgasm, which is the end of everything. You really want to feel that energy as full and as far and as high as you can to enjoy the journey because the journey is what's really the great stuff. And most kids, if you saw the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, they're going, well, we just, you know, we just want to have some quick sex and get it over and move on to the muscles they don't realize that you can have hours of exquisite bliss and deep, profound intimate connection and higher consciousness if you slow down and take your time and have a good time.
0: So right. there
3: you know, so there are different levels of emotional and sexual maturity and when a man gets to a point where he's emotionally, spiritually and sexually mature, he realizes that it's a divine dance between them. he's not just doing her and making her come they are enjoying activating each other and going higher and higher and higher and higher. Your capacity for pleasure is unlimited. The only thing that stops you is where you feel you can only take so much. I call that the pleasure quotient. And what we teach in Tantra is how to continually raise that bar on your pleasure quotient so that you can handle more and more of that energy, more and more of that pleasure, more and more of that ecstasy, more and more of that intimacy. Because what are we most afraid of, even though we all say we want it? And that's intimacy. And that's, you know, being vulnerable, being real, being authentic, being honest. All those kinds of things.
1: See, that is awesome. That's, you know, um, because I also think that men don't understand. I really believe that book that men are from Mars and women are from Venus that we work out of emotions and men work out of like fixing things, like they have to fix it or know
0: right.
1: what they're is automatic, and that's not always the case in each man. It all depends on how they're brought up. Again, it goes back stem stem from what kind of parents they have um, yeah. for them to go. And some of them come from the school of hard knocks of mm-hmm. not knowing how to be emotional and realizing, oh, well, if I, you know, if I let her see me cry or let her see this, that I'm weak. And it's not that you're weak, it's that you're showing concern. And if you're saying, you know, tell them, buckle up, buckle up. A woman doesn't know how to buckle up because she's emotional, but then there Mm -hmm. are some women that are not able to release and let that emotion go because they have not been taught how to let go as women. Well, not only that, but it has to
3: do with trust. I mean, it's, right. you know, since men are afraid of emotion because they've been taught not to trust it, they don't know how to deal with a woman who's emotional. In Tantra, we teach you how to do that. Um, and also, if you talk about it just in an energetic sense, which is the way I really prefer to view things, because it's the simplest and it doesn't have a lot of stories and assumptions right. and things with it, men are taught in Tantra to learn how to bring energy from their genitals up because they're activated first genitally and they learn how to bring it up through their heart, connect their heart with it, and then connect their upper spiritual centers. Women, it's the opposite. We get turned on in our minds first. And so women are taught how to bring down that energy all the way down and activate the genitals in connection with their minds and their hearts. That's why women want to be talked to sweetly. That's why women want to have those invitations and be seduced because that's what brings them out of their head and down into their body and in contrast the big thing is you know because we all of us in this culture get stuck in our heads way too much we've given our heads way too much to do we think <laughs> our heads figure it all out and it's not the truth what really happens is we take in information and wisdom from the all and the everything the collective consciousness and it moves into our heart center that's why we have that Saying that says, I know it in my heart, it's almost like something goes ka-chunk and you just get it and you know it. And that's in your heart, that's not in your head, but your head interprets. Your mind is an interpreter of vibration. And so we need to understand the difference and we need to step out of our heads. And in Tantra, what we're learning how to do is get out of our heads and into our body because our heads are usually in the painful past or fearful future. And we're running all kinds of stories and reactions and defenses. But when you're in your body, you're feeling the truth. When you're in your body, you're in the now. You're present. You're aware of what's actually going on in your inner landscape and your outer. So we're trying to bring people back to that body wisdom that we knew in our tribal culture with how we listen to the universe. And we've lost that. And that's what we gotta bring back, you know if you if you talk to shamans, you know they're they're looking at the birds and they're looking at the wind blowing and they're looking at the sun shining, and they're listening to the earth, and they're listening to their bodies, and they have that connection with all of creation. they go out and they listen to all of creation to get their answers. They don't listen to their heads
1: that's good,
3: okay, and they heal through the body, they heal people through the body. And through energy, they don't heal people with pills,
1: okay I just have a question in the room, so um, let's see I'm gonna see if I can get her to call. And I have two people that um that are basically sending back notes <laughs> to me in the chat room for people to think of, so that I'm doing two things so. Ooh. I have um, You know wanted to know If there's anybody uh, Like wow See you're giving so much information People are trying to digest it all <laughs> see,
0: This
1: is what I'm saying So I know I have to have you back on again So we can do this again So we can actually I would really like to take an hour And talk about the difference between women Work their body and the pregnancy they go through And women uh-huh. after women after menopause um, about that because their body goes through changes as well in their sexuality, and men when their testosterone. So, I mean, there's many shows that I'm thinking of my head as they're actually popping in my head um, that I would love to talk to you about. And, you know, have you on um, probably, like I said, it'll be Wednesday, and it'll be what I'm calling sacred sexual sexual Wednesday um, that I would love for you to be, be on. But her question is how should she work with men or a man who lacks lost or or dis, uh distant energy or distant energy of this energy? How would she work so with I
3: someone? I'm not sure I understand the question. Can you say it again?
1: She said how would she work with a man who lacks or lost energy, this energy, this oh, sexual so energy sex- we're talking about. So
3: he's lost his libido and sexual energy? Right. Well, there are so many variables to check on with this. The first thing you want to do is have his hormone levels checked. And you want to look at all his other nutritional things. I I really believe in hair analysis. You can kind of get an idea of what's really going on with someone nutritionally through hair analysis. So you can see what's missing, what's needed nutritionally, and address that. Also, you want to look at stress levels in their lives. You know, the stress depletes. And, in fact, you know, I had an experience of adrenal burnout. And what adrenal burnout is is you're so addicted to adrenaline or you're so in stress for so much of the time that it drains all of your other body chemistry. And libido is definitely affected by that. So there's certain things you can do to affect that aspect of it, the stress levels. And there's supplements and different ways to do your life that make a difference. And the demands that you put on yourself and the expectations that you have of yourself then there has to do with psychological issues. You know, has he lost libido because there's something going on in the relationship that's not working for him? Or is it because he's not trusting himself or feeling confidence in himself? There's so many different variables to look at. Like I said, we're holonomic beings, and one thing affects the other. What's he thinking about himself as a sexual person? Does he have self-confidence? Does he have, um, you know, there are some people that are literally asexual, and they are just not that interested in sex. Now, you know, this can be a life choice or they can decide they want to do things differently and check on all those areas to see if everything is working fine or if they're off balance in one of those areas. You know, there's a whole group out there that call themselves asexual and they're kind of banding together to say this this can be a life choice and there's maybe nothing wrong Mm if that's the way they want to be. So I think what's important to check out with him, first of all, is what did he want. You know, when you lose libido, oftentimes you just even forget that you ever wanted it or why you wanted it. You know, it's just not there. And the drive isn't there. And you kind of go, okay, it's not there. But if you miss it and you want it back, then there are definitely things you can do. And you need to check your mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, and okay.
0: physical. Okay.
3: Check all those areas and see if there is anything that's not in balance or missing. It might, you know, in the spiritual realm, you may be, you know, so feeling so alone and lost in the universe that you don't feel like you can connect with anyone. Psychologically, you may not have any self-esteem or you may not have a good sense of your own self as what you're bringing to the table, and so it's easier not to. There's a lot of guys, you know, that are. You know, there's a lot of guys especially that have Asperger's Syndrome or, you know, high-functioning autistic or autistic people or people mm-hmm. that have other challenges in their lives, whether they're mental or physical, that make them feel that they really can't go out there and attract someone to say this. So they, you know, stay at home in the dark with their computers and their porn. And it's just easier not. and more satisfying because they don't want to put themselves out there. It takes a lot to interact with other people. And if they haven't learned social skills
1: they are places they can go to learn social skills okay that's true too that is so true I just um just I'm loving this like I said it's so much and people think you know like I said when I think about like I said they think about sex they think about like rabbits going at it or something uh-huh. And I just wanted to, you know, delusion them that that's not what all sex is about. It's about a union coming together. That's why I said I want them to think sacred sex, a sacred unity, sacred blessings, sacred because we are sacred. And people have forgotten I love that that. Word. It's one of Thank my favorite you.
3: words because sacred means special. It's never right to be honored, to be revered, and even. When you're doing something sacred, it can look nasty and be really fun. Right. It doesn't have to be this highfalutin, super, you know, pure kind of, I mean, you can, you know, sex it, we're is all a playground. Yeah. Sex is a oh, playground. Right. It's a place where you can experiment. It's a place where you can have fun. It's a place where you can try on stuff. You know, and you can pretend to be other people. You can try different techniques. You can do all kinds of different things and discover more about yourself. What's good about sex is that here's someone, hopefully, you've chosen that you can trust to go to adventure with and discover new things with. And sex is really where adults play, where they still give themselves permission to be silly and play and have fun and discover themselves you know when you were a little kid you took on roles all the time you played house and you pretended you were peter pan or you pretended you can do that in a sexual context right and it can be you can discover stuff about yourself you never even knew you can play out parts of yourself you didn't even know were there and you can learn things about your body that you didn't even know was going on what you have to understand is that sex is a number of things. First of all, it's a way to activate your body energetically and physically to release and relax and feel better and recenter, reground within what it is to be in the now, what it is to be in your body, what it is to be in pleasure. It's that. Right. It's also an avenue to intimacy and connection with another person. It's also a place where you can develop yourself to move into higher states of consciousness. And in Tantra, you learn literally how any time you want, you can choose to be in that what they call state of union, which is what Tantra means, weaving. And what you're learning how to do is take those polarities and weave them into something together that becomes greater than the sum of its parts. And Tantra is also out about energy. And energy is just energy. You know, we have so many strictures and rules about this stuff. You know, I remember when I was a little girl, we used to play... Cleopatra. I we say Cleopatra, you've got wow. 100 tickle, tickle strokes on your back, right? That right. developed my body's sensitivity to pleasure, and it was good, clean, fun. There was nothing weird or sexual about it. And Even if it was, we were at the same age. We're curious. We're exploring. There's nothing wrong with that. Sex is not this big, ooh, thing. It only is if you misuse it. You know, when, when older people are trying to impose adult thoughts and sexuality onto children, That's not appropriate because children aren't ready for that. Right. But children same age, that's what it's explore, discover. Babies are masturbating in the womb. You know, if you just take your hand and put it on your genitals, just do that right now. Everybody out there, just take your hand and put it on your genitals and just close your eyes and breathe and relax. Notice that it just feels really good. Don't fiddle. This is not about fiddling. It's right. just about feeling yourself, connecting with yourself. This is the basic place. I remember when I was a little girl, I would self food by just holding myself there. Right. And what do parents do? They say, don't put your hand there. Don't put your hand there. And this right. is how we lose our connection with ourselves. And just mm-hmm. that act is a very powerful and profound way to get in touch with yourself and to center your, and ground yourself. Right. And we're taught not to trust ourselves, not to trust our feelings, not to trust our bodies. Yet anything having to do with the genitals is dirty and not okay. And then we have to overcome that when we get in relationship. Oh, now you're in relationship. It's okay. You can't do that. It's bad. It's wrong. It's dirty. It's nasty. And now all of a sudden it's great. But it's not great because you have all this stuff that says no. Right. So, People have so much to push through to even give themselves permission to begin to enjoy themselves beyond that quick release. It's almost furtive, you know, we got to do this quick so nobody will catch us.
1: That's good. That is just so super amazing. (laughs) I'm so intrigued. I am so intrigued because, like I said, you were able to go from A to Z. Do you have, um, I know you have videos, which we did not mention, which people need to know that you do have videos that are educational and are actually really great that they need to see.
3: Um, I'm going to be producing a whole lot more soon. I'm reconfirming my studio. I've been doing audio for the Sex Talk Radio Network for the last uh, six or eight months. And now I'm converting my whole studio over to video. So I will be doing a lot more videos very soon. And if you look at loveandlifetools.com, there's something called 11 Minutes. And they're just little minute long little pieces that are really fun and we try to do it a little tongue in cheek. And um so there's lots of those and there'll be more. Right. And we're just we're just going going off for it.
1: Right. This is awesome. I mean this is the I'm coming in on a breaking ground of all this stuff. I'm just so psyched. I was like, Oh wow. I got yeah, And what's on going breaking.
3: on with Tantra and the Kudoshka is it's uh-huh. about sexual energy and learning how to use it. And in the Kudoshka... They have you partner with your partner. You're not partnering with 20 million people. You're partnering with your own partner, learning how to raise and manage sexual energy, and you're learning how to turn it into something really constructive that's helpful for your relationship and helpful for the world, too, because there are sexual ceremonies that you can do where you raise this energy. And then you put that energy, it's called sex magic. You aim that energy with your intention for something that you really want. So whether it's something in your relationship or something for the world, you can use that sexual energy to bless and to gift the world. So when you really understand that sexual energy, it's just energy. You're raising your energy. You know, it's like when you're a right. kid you twirl, because you like twirling.
0: Right. It's not uh-huh.
3: this big, weird thing. It's just energy.
0: Right. And
3: just good, clean fun. So, you know, we need to step out of all this taboo, sure, fear stuff. Right. In fact, you know, the tantric path is really about, taking a look at all the taboo and, and embracing it, because everything is God. Everything is love. Everything is a part of right. love. And if we can step out of our judgment long enough to experience the essence of something, then we can always step into love. There is no taboo. There is no rejection. There's only love and there's only beauty. mm
0: mm-hmm.
3: The only reason we have all these taboos is because there's the idea that sex is for procreation only, and that's what's really messed up our whole culture. Because with that idea, if we didn't have that idea, there'd be no problem for gay people enjoying their relationships. There'd be no problem for alternative love styles. There'd be no problem for anything. But that idea was instituted in order to protect women initially. But now that women have step into their own power financially and in a lot of ways, I think we can start to transcend some of those ideas and step into our power and our sexuality as well. And ladies, you have no idea what's available to you. I suggest that you take the time to learn more because a lot of women are afraid of even going there. They're so circumspect. And it's time to take your power in that area too and claim your sexuality, claim your passions, claim your pleasure, claim your activation claim higher consciousness that's great
1: I love that claim your consciousness you go, that rocks that totally rocks I like that oh wow so I'm like wow you know I'm just wow my head is spinning (laughs) because it's like you know I, I just I love energy and I'm like I'm hot right now. I mean, seriously hot. With like, I feel like my body is uh, vibrating, and that doesn't happen a lot. um, Because
3: it's going to happen more now that you know this stuff and that you give yourself permission to have it. You know, and I'd like to speak to some of my black sisters out there because I'm I'm doing a documentary right now
0: on being Mm -hmm. black
3: in L.A. in in 2012. And Uh I've been talking to some black men, and I've been talking to men from Europe and some men from here. And I got to tell you, they're experiencing a lot of frustration with American black women. And the reason Uh for that is they've been so inculcated, and they hold on so hard to some of that repressive upbringing when it comes to sexuality. And Uh you know that that these men are very frustrated with that. So, ladies, mm-hmm. give yourself permission to explore and learn about your body, learn about what's possible, learn about yourself, because that box that you are in is not attracting the men you want into your life.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true, but it goes out a double-edged sword because it's also for men, too, because some men don't want to give as well. So it's got to be, it's that communication on both. they yeah, got to actually, be yeah, I've, heard,
3: I've heard it's pretty chronic in the black community. Men don't like to give women heads.
1: Yeah, that and sucks. black women don't give men head either. That that's a that's yeah. a myth.
3: <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Pardon my French. <laughs> it's kind of a great sucks <laughs> because that's a really major, major source of great pleasure for women. And guys, if you want your woman to be happy, and women, if you want your guy to be happy, that's an important place to play. Well,
1: wow, so yeah, it's I, a beautiful thing. You know, I was like, I know my my aunt was actually listening to the show, and she was actually a caller online,
0: <laughs> and
1: I know she's, like, getting shocked, but then again, not, because, like I said, they know I walk on the wild side, but in, in a good way, because we're talking about things that are healthy, and probably, I come from, I believe, a very high uh, lineage of very highly sexual, sexual women. I like that girl. You know, I believe my mother was high sex had had a high sex drive. My aunt had a high sex drive. I believe even probably my Nona and my nana, all of them had very high sex drives and that's where it comes from. And then we try to fix this mold that we're taught that we're supposed to be into society right. and then we suppress ourselves or uh my thing is I was uh I would call it prissy. Or guys would call me yeah. fickle, but I wasn't being satisfied. But I would just lay there, and they would. I felt like you ever see the the color purple where uh, Celie says, "Well, I feel like he just basically laid there and did his business on me." And that's basically right. literally what I felt like. Yeah. And yeah. as I got to to cue, I learned there's more to it that I was a sexual being, but um, they're not going to know what a dear woman is. Really, that I was a dear woman. <laughs> and that I have a very, very high sex drive and I can go for hours. Now, everybody. Well, what man you says, have to oh. know
3: a lot of women, you know, when we grow up, no matter in Western culture, no matter what color you are, we're kind of taught that it's, it's not pretty down there. Smells right. fishy. Smells fishy. Right. And we don't mostly have anything to do with our own genitals. I know I didn't. You know, I knew if I rubbed things, it felt good, but I would not look at it. I did not explore myself particularly. I just did what felt good. And we we don't have the confidence. And I have to tell you something. As I started doing this work, I learned about giving G-spot massage, which is an internal massage. And as I started giving women this internal massage, I felt velvet in there. It was amazing feeling in there. We don't know how magical, beautiful, and powerful these yonis, these genitals that we have are. And we need to get that. And right. sometimes sometimes you need to interact with another woman to discover how magical you are. One time this girlfriend of mine just waved her breast in my face. That's all she did. And I was blown away because what I felt was her heart energy. And it right. was so powerful and so strong and the breasts were so soft. I realized Freud had no friggin' idea what he was talking about.
0: This is not
3: about going back to childhood and nursing. This is heart energy. There's a reason those breasts are near the heart. That's where the nurturance comes in. It flows through those breasts. And and if I hadn't experienced another woman's breast in my face for an even a moment, I would never know that. Right. So it's important to discover your womanhood with other women. Don't be afraid. It's about learning about who you are. You know, experiment. Right. You know, if you can do this just as an experiment. This is not about I'm entering into a gay relationship. This is right. just about who are you. You know, when you were a little kids, you did that exploration. You can do that as adults too and support one another in learning about who you are in your same sex because. What you discover with your same sex, you're not going to discover with the opposite sex because it's a different no. energetic. It's a completely different energetic. And when you discover what your true power is as a woman, you come to the table with those men from a totally different place and a totally different understanding and a totally different sense of empowerment.
1: Wow. See, that is just so incredible. And believe it or not, we ran into overtime. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've been talking for two hours. We ran into overtime, so I want to do I did, uh, station identification. Um, and I do have a call of who I happen to know. I'm not going to put her on blast. I just want to see if there's anything particular I need to answer for her uh, while we're going into uh, uh, advertising, commercial, and so forth. So we're going to put okay. the commercial on. All right. The food alchemist is not book author of It's Vegan and It Tastes Good. If you would like to engage her services such as seminars, classes, lectures, retreats, corporate lunches and dinners, you can reach her at www.thefoodalchemist.us or 480-232-9930 While you're there, leave your contact information, and on the website, you can also sign up for a newsletter that informs you about vegetables, history, recipes, and herbs. We believe in helping you because we love you, and you love you. This is the Food Alchemist. Welcome, family at its greatest show. Welcome, Helena Mullen. She's a dynamic force to be reckoned with from LA, California. 15 years as a healer, writer, speaker, educator, and media expert. Interview hostess of her own radio show, although the basics for this Information works stems from her experience as a life love sex coach. She has been increasingly enthusiastic about raising awareness as powerful, healing, and holistic possibilities available to us in this special time a world of transformation. Her mission. is to support herself and others directing the focus away from fear and step into the rich, rich knowledge and awareness and powerful creative solution already presented that will take us into the next level of planetary metamorphosis and healing. Let's sit back and listen to Helena give us some guidance has a website at Tools dot com. Go and check the website out and listen. Hello.
0: Hello.
3: I don't think anything for what you did to the room. Yeah. When is your appointment with Dr. Sober? Tomorrow? Okay. Mhm. Okay, I have a session at noon anyway, so call me when you... No, well, I don't know when we'll get together. If you're going to see them in why don't you call me when you're done with your the doctor? Oh, two yeah. <laughs>
0: weeks. Well, I'll be done around. I'll be ready around around 2, 2 so to go So, do tell me I'm
3: ready to go to Well, yeah. you, could product, you could probably do your product. You've got to go to the best
0: prescription. You could probably do aquatic. You could probably do your upper body.
3: Cardio. You could probably do aquatics. And would be fine. Swimming,
0: whatever they do you now.
3: I have a feeling it's not gonna be that dire. I don't think it's gonna be that dire. If you want to call me at 2.30 and you want to pick me up and I can go with you, that might be possible. So give me a call around 2.30 and we'll see what's going on. Do you think i lost lost?
0: I don't know what's going on.
3: So connected, but I don't hear
1: anything. Hello. Hello. Can anybody hear me? Hello. can I anybody can hear, hear you. Me? I yes. can hear you. Elena. Yes, I'm here. Okay. I'm saying hello, and I was
3: like, "Nobody hears me." <laughs> <laughs> I know. It went dead. I was beginning to wonder if I'd lost you or what happened.
1: No, no, we don't want dead air. No dead air. No dead air. <laughs> so we have a caller. Yeah. Well, Wanna identify yourself or what do you want to be? Just where are you calling from? I'm
4: calling from Phoenix, Arizona.
1: And Helena and she's from Beneve, California. <laughs> um she has a question for you, so I wanted her to ask you the question instead of me asking you the
3: question. Great. Okay. I'm here, I'm listening.
4: Uh yeah. I um you know I'm very interested in what you had to say about uh about our children and not necessarily restricting them from uh, from uh naturally like sort of exploring themselves um mm-hmm. but my son is I oh, my youngest son is at that age now where uh you know I guess I am I am like his first um a first example of of The type of woman he would desire And mm-hmm. he, he's doing The thing with like uh, Inappropriate touching of my breast And he even does mm-hmm. it to his, uh, his big brother So mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering What would you say How would you uh, um, Suggest that I go about Addressing an issue like that and How old is he?
0: He
4: is,
3: he is Six going on seven Okay, so so he's not chasing you around the house with his penis yet. You're lucky about that. <laughs> <laughs> so then look for that, that will happen.
0: Uh <laughs> what it is what it's
3: really about is about healthy boundaries. You know, okay. you know, he may remember he had access to those breasts at one point and he thinks they're his. You know, kids wow. don't have that sense of the other person. So okay. you get to say, you know what, these are mommy's breasts. And even though I shared them with you when you were a baby, they're mine.
0: (laughs) And you know
3: what? I don't really want you to touch them, you know? I really don't. So, you know, if you want to touch your own breasts, you know, go for it. You can discover your own. But my breasts belong to me, and you know what? There's something that I get to choose who touches them or not. Ah,
4: okay, okay.
3: All right, well, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, it's just about healthy boundaries, you know, and as you can see, if if, it's all about teaching yourself and your children how to, it's it's about what I want and what's right for me. Okay. And you say, And you might say also, you know, other ladies don't want you touching their breasts either. It's important, you know, and when you get older, sometimes it may be okay, but you always have to ask permission.
4: Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, and and I have to say that uh, I I really did enjoy the show. I think you did, but you, uh, Missesy had sent me uh, a question or a question if I had any questions. I was like, oh no, actually I don't. And, you know, she just sort of like, yeah, she you're so all encompassing that you know I was just <laughs> sort of I, I had a sort of pregnant pause there, like, okay, where do I start?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I am available for questions, and on my Six Talk Radio show, I answer questions all the time. I love answering questions. It's it's really what makes it fun for me. So okay. please, people out there, if you don't feel like getting online or on the radio, please send me your questions anyway. Sometimes I answer them on my show, and if you want to be on the show, then send me your phone number, and I will call you and make arrangements to record the exchange. <laughs> So that because I gotta tell you something, any question that you've got, somebody else has the same question and I guarantee you that it will benefit more than just you. No matter how strange it may seem, I believe it or not, I have heard it all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And there is no judgment. It's just about what works.
4: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Okay. So, Do you have any questions I would like To see If I could uh, I would like to see If I could give you A crystal reading My special guest Lena
3: Oh I would love that
1: Okay uh, Let's see I'm going to see Marlene. I will give you a crystal reading as well when I finish. I need you to tell me when to stop. Uh (laughs) Himena. You gotta tell me to stop uh shuffling.
3: Stop shuffling? I don't understand.
1: You would just tell me Okay, oh I see you're all
3: right. Okay, stop. (laughs) Okay.
1: And then I need a number. Give me a number. Five. Okay. Oh wow! You got a powerful card. Ooh, a multivite. You know anything about multivites?
3: Um, that's a black stone, isn't it?
1: No, this is a stone that came from outer space.
3: Oh yeah, I have one of those
1: actually. Two of it's them actually. It's about connection and evolution and making you know evolution and evidently. You're making your brand and what I would call your evolution is being a pioneer in your field as a expert with the pool and be able to connect through people, through media, through uh, television, through radio, yeah. internet radio. This is what I'm seeing. But also your magazines, uh,
2: your DVDs with the, uh, the meditations that you're doing. And
3: oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot more of those coming out really soon, actually.
1: And I see you doing seminars and workshops. I don't know if yep. that's talking but it's I see that as well as tours coming up just not here in the United States but worldwide
3: I love that that's what I'm ready to do
1: you know and okay. I have this
3: interesting new project I want to share with you that I'm very turned on about I have this friend that has this water um filtration system and uh-huh. we are putting together a project where it's going to be profit and non-profit where we're going to sell this filtration system but we're also going to make part of it non-profit so that we can bring water to, and water wells and pure water to places where it isn't. Right. We're calling it the Amrita Women's Water Coalition. And the idea is that for all those women that have been disenfranchised from their tribes, their homes, their cities, some of the women that have had clitorectomies, widows, uh-huh. you know in many cultures, those women are just thrown away. Right. And what we want to do is empower these women to be the water stewards for their area using this technology. So I'm very excited about it. So anybody that's interested in that project, please get in touch with me. We're targeting wealthy women to help get this going, and it's a women's project. Wow,
1: this is just so amazing. Uh, well, it's like, wow. So that that's yeah. what I got from that, and they're just telling me that you're, it's going to come in fruition so you're a pioneer evolution, so you're doing groundbreaking things and that they're going to come come through. Uh, awesome. So, uh, Thank you, sweetheart. That's fun. Uh, good to know. Sometimes
3: like, you wow. feel stuck or, or locked into things not moving, so it's good to hear that energy's moving.
1: moving. Yes, and it's reaching just not here, you know, and uh, it's not just reading, reaching here, but it's reaching um, worldwide. 'Cause you're gonna make some connections. It. So you're gonna make some connections from somebody overseas that is gonna be able to be your connector to be able to go into these third what we call third world countries or countries that are having lack of water and that are doing harm, but you're also gonna bring healing, not only with the water but your energy that you provide. And the people that you're gonna come in contact with are gonna be healers and they're gonna come and take on this project and go forth with you and be able to heal these women. So they're going to do a lot
3: more than just carry water. That's so thrilling! Thank you for sharing that. I so appreciate it. you've given me an, a little boost.
1: No problem. That's that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help each other and boost each other. So, that's right. Miss Arlene, are you ready for your crystal?
4: Sure, I'm ready.
1: My crystal sister. <laughs> <laughs> You got to tell me when to stop, babe.
4: All right. Stop.
0: Okay. I
1: need a number.
0: Nine.
1: Ah. All Oh, wow. You got this little, um, you know, I cannot always say this right. Selenite. The ones that uh, have the selenite, that's about okay. connection and clarity and manifestation, man, um, manifestation. Uh,
0: manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't get
1: a lot of work. I couldn't get glucose right for to save my life the uh, Saturday night. <laughs> uh, basically, you're, well, we know that you're manifesting different things. So the things that you're manifesting, like energy level are rising. And this also has to do with the mercury, uh, mercury, mercury alignment with the planet and yourself and how you're aligning up with the planet, which is Mercury. Okay. Um, okay. And it's a time of rebirth and renew. When you're manifesting, basically, um, do you have any selenite? I know that you you have to because you're my friend. You have
0: to have selenite. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, if you didn't, you're probably getting some very soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: wow. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to concentrate. Uh, people, like, text me all of a sudden. Now the show is, like, running in overtime. Now everybody, like, boom, 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 getting all
3: these. <laughs> um, Isn't that always the way?
1: Right, but it's okay. I know that I'm going to have to change my show, and I just said I was going to change it to 5 o'clock uh, next week once I move in California. So the time is going to be 5 o'clock versus 3 o'clock so more people can listen.
3: Well, we're going to get you to yeah. Goddess camp, too, when you get out here.
1: Oh, that'll be awesome. What's going to happen? You need the satellite because you need to transfer, and as well as in this dimension. You, we already talked about dimensions. so I'll have to explain stuff to her because she's my friend and she knows about going in and out of dimension, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to work with that stone so you can finish going out of dimension. Uh, do your dimensional work that you've been doing for the, like the last.
4: Okay, I I just looked up the stone. This is one that I don't have.
3: Okay, at
4: least at least not yet.
3: Okay, it's coming. I hear presence in the air. Presence. <laughs> <laughs> Get her a good one, Sassy. She's <laughs> <laughs>
1: got a whole bunch of the big white one that sits and um, that you were seeing right there on the cabinet when you walk in, and that's on top of the pyramid. That's a selenite.
4: Oh, I, yeah, I'm aware of what type of. I know. I'm aware now that I see the picture of it. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Well, because you need to be doing some um uh, dimensional work. Okay. Okay. So yours not just here, but you got to do some dimensional work.
0: Okay. And
1: that is also manifesting and going in and out of your body. Um. So you need to be out of your body for a little bit because you got some, basically what it's telling me is you got some heal, healing to do. Because okay. what you're dealing with is a cos, uh, cosmic stone. Same thing with hers. Hers is a cosmic stone. So she's just not reaching here. She's also... Your reading is you're not just reaching here, but you're reaching other dimensions as well, other places out of the universe. So you're not just tapping the souls here in this third dimensional world that I call it. It's outside of dimension. So I know I'm going to freak some people out. And when my family hears this, they're going to be like, whoa. So we're
3: multidimensional. We're all multidimensional. And it's wonderful for those of us who are interested in exploring the other aspects of ourselves.
1: Right. So... You know both of you. It's funny that y'all both have cosmic stones that are I'm um, talking about that, and this stone is also gonna help you with uh um the kids because we already talked about that, and you need to get some in your place of space and start sleeping with it under your pillow and it's gonna come, so give it some time you're gonna get some
0: okay
1: you need with it under your pillow okay That's okay, it under your pillow, under your bed, because it's gonna transfer you when you're doing your meditation. hold that in your hand.
4: Okay, okay. All right. So All
1: right. um that is my reading to you, my love. All right. Respect it.
4: Thank it. you, Seth.
1: No problem, love Buck. No problem. No problem. So it I I'm, I'm just this show helped me realize and Elena, thank you so much that I could actually do this show on my own.
3: Of course um, you can. You're brilliant.
1: Thank you. Um, I was having some uh, anxiety because <laughs> uh, I'm used to letting other people, you know, run the show. But now from only thing is my thing is I just would have to do the chat room to see if somebody can start pacing. And that's going to be taken care of. I already got that taken care of when somebody can post. Because what I want to know, while I'm in here talking with you and doing the mm-hmm. callers, I want somebody posting your website. I want it to be in the room, somebody posting what you do so they can go and get this information instead of us. You know, we can say it on the radio and doing commercials, but this is what I visualize that that's going to happen, but also visualize this actually being in television. Cause I, visualize I think
3: everything. that's great. That's great. And if you, anybody wants to contact me, they can call contact me through email at helena@ at Helena on love.com. And if you go onto the site, of course, there's always a way to contact me from there. Right. Or at loveandlifetools.com. That's love, letter N, life tools.com.
1: That's amazing. So I'm looking forward to it. And anybody in the sound of my voice, my beloveds, I want to thank you for listening with me, Chef Essie Food Alchemist, and listening to Food Alchemy at its greatest. And our wonderful guest, from Venice, California. California.
3: My and the last name is pronounced Malin, M-A-L-I-N, Malin.
1: Malin. I'm sorry.
3: Okay. That's okay. Just wanted to straighten <laughs> out. So
1: thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I want everybody to have a blessed, love, light night. We are out, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Over and out.